0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening kickoff, kickoff, kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Here we are,
1: 605, our final show in the studios of WNSP for the week, actually for the next couple of uh, shows here, uh, we encourage you to join us. There's football tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on a professional level. Uh, we encourage you to get in on all the conversation today at 694-1055, and of course, you can get us in the app at WNSP.com. We got a chance for you to qualify for more good stuff. We got a chance for
2: you to win some cool stuff. That, it's just football, and, and everything is right with the world, Lee Shervanian. Well, as you mentioned, this will be our last... Time together in the studio until next Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll be at Viger High for the Mobile Oral and Facial <coughs> Surgery uh, Game Day, Dr. Christopher Mullinux. And then on Monday, we'll take a turn at Baumhauer's Victory Grill at the Shops of Bel-Air. We'll start doing shows at Baumhauer's Restaurant. So we'll be away until next Tuesday. We'll be with you, but uh, not here in the studio, the friendly confines of the studio. The NFL season kicks off tonight. Let's go! And also on WNSP. Uh, We'll have coverage on WNSP tonight. Detroit and Kansas City. And, And some of you may be like, why Detroit? Detroit hasn't won a playoff game since, I think, 1991 or something like that. They've been in essence one of the worst teams in the nfl but based on their uh, finish last year they started one and six uh wound up nine and eight uh there's this they're getting a lot of love mark they're getting a lot of love that the this could be the year for the lions to make the postseason to challenge for the nfc they're taking on a uh, nfc north i should say and they're taking on a kansas city chiefs team that's won seven straight afc western division titles Maybe without Chris Jones tonight, still in a contract squabble. Could be without Travis Kelsey. Uh, He's questionable for tonight's game, but they do have Patrick Mahomes. I've heard of him. They do have Mahomes. So the NFL is back. Uh, there is a high school game tonight, which is not on your schedule, but I found out, Mark, that Bayside, the game with St. Michael's, which was scheduled for tomorrow, will be played tonight. Very important game. Bayside's undefeated. Got off to a good start. And, of course, St. Michael's now, I think, they're 1-1. One one. So that'll be the start of the high school football season uh, this evening. Uh, and we'll certainly... Um, be following up on a, on a number of college football. We'll be talking a lot about Alabama and Texas during the show today. Uh, certainly, reference to Auburn and California. But there's a, a couple of stories out there. If you don't mind, I was just going to kind of gross over or gloss over, I should say, not gross, but gloss over. Maybe gross. Did you hear the story of what happened with one of the Portland State players? Uh, the coach yesterday or the day before had a press conference. This was the team that got beat 81 to seven portland state sure and he said yesterday or i say earlier this week that one they didn't name the player but one of the players you talk about a painful loss had part of his ear detached his helmet i guess caught the ear and detached part of the ear which was later sewn back on he didn't name the player the kid suffered a concussion and then he comes out and says but he's okay now He gets his ear partially detached. By his own helmet. Yeah, in a play, in a play in the game, and then a concussion, and then the coach says, yeah, but I think he's in pretty good shape (laughs) after they lost 81-7. to Uh,
1: I'm trying to figure out a way in which your ear would get caught on your own helmet. It's not something you hear a lot about at all. And to the point that it gets ripped off. Um. I'd be having a serious conversation with the manufacturers of said helmet, but uh, that's a new one on me.
2: On me also. Well, you you talked a lot about him during the preseason. You're going to have to wait. You'd probably have to wait almost the whole year anyway to see Jake Hayner, but he's been suspended. Uh, The NFL has suspended the backup quarterback for the Saints, the Fresno State draftee, fourth round for PEDs. What? They got— not, Peds. Yeah, not a good start to his career. Now, he's, like, let's face it, he probably wasn't going to play anyway.
1: He's five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. He ain't got a speck of athletic ability, and he hung in with the greatest National Football League franchise in history. But in it's, this day and age, you don't have to prove anything to nobody but yourself.
2: Apparently, doesn't carry much weight. Yeah, in the NFL, seriously, he's like a buck ten. They, they. I did don't not, blame the guy for taking. I'd be taking Peds too. They did not speculate. They didn't. S- talk about the substance he took. Obviously, the proverbial response, sorry, didn't know it, apologized to my family, the team, and anybody else. But let's face it, and, and look, it's not a good look. It's not a good start, but he wasn't going to play anyway, because no. you have Garrett Carr, and if Carr wasn't playing, then Winston probably being there, and if Winston wasn't playing, be Tyson uh, the, the Hill, he'll take an over-quarter. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, he is denying it, essentially. Yeah. Well, you see what had happened. Well, what was.
2: athlete has ever said they... They're not denying it, right? They all yeah. they all say they all say the same thing, and then they come out with a PR statement. Sorry, didn't know the substance. Or if they even name the substance. Didn't know that he took anything illegal. It's well, kind I of for the one,
3: copy paste. You know, I statement. for one believe the young man. Do you? Yes. Well, he's a Senior Bowl MVP. So right, and
1: and my guess is somebody from Atlanta spiked his Gatorade. That's just,
3: but that's just me. Do you think that's ever happened to anyone who? Failed a drug test, If for somebody like e's. planted something on him, <laughs> like a like a rival,
1: like somehow
3: Re- slipped him a little something. realistically, something. it probably wouldn't be that hard to do. I
2: guess
1: not. And then
3: you call in an anonymous tip to the NFL that week. Hey, I hear this guy's juicing.
2: Yeah. Do any of you think that Kansas City will not? get back to the Super Bowl. You know, it's rare. I mean, to win back to back, to even mm. get there, it's tough. Uh, Eagles, Kansas City last year. Anybody here think that uh, Kansas City will not get back this year to the Super Bowl? They're the favorite. So are you?
1: Are you it's one of those who you take in Kansas City or the
2: AFC uh, right. field, right? Yeah. Um, it's safer to take the field because teams rarely get back year after year. But this Kansas City team is just so loaded and – arguably may not have two of their better players and yet they're still the heavy favorite not only to win the division but to get to the Super Bowl And then you have to start piecing together well unless now obviously if Mahomes ever got hurt that changes the whole uh, complexion of the uh, AFC but if he's healthy and it doesn't seem to matter who's out there he makes them better players I was trying to think of a team that In the AFC, that has a better chance than Kansas City right now on paper.
3: You know what's funny? Like, They're really not that loaded when you say that. It's just like Mahomes is so much better than every other quarterback. They've won seven straight
2: titles, and he wasn't the quarterback for all of them. Alex Smith was there. So you can say what you want that they're not loaded, (laughs) but seven straight, that's pretty good.
3: I mean, when you compare them to like, Look at the weapons on like the Bengals or the or the uh Bills. I mean guys like that. Dolphins. I mean, sure. I mean they're they're are, there are teams with better better firepower. Okay, well then so who are you so who's your pick then to get Again, there? I'm still not gonna pick against the Chiefs. I just think Mahomes is that much better than every other quarterback in football. Um it's it's just pretty incredible.
2: I'm uh, reading a book right now about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Fascinating story about him. <laughs>
3: he's already got a book huh
2: no th- it's a, it's a crazy book in the sense it's the ri- it's the rise of Kansas City it's it's alternate chapters Kansas City which I'm skipping and then the Mahomes story
1: So you're only reading half a
2: book. I'm only reading (laughs) half the book. I'm not getting into the history of Kansas City and the two cities in Missouri. I'm not getting into that. It's the strangest book I've ever read. It's like reading two books into one. And I started to read the part about Kansas City, and I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I was reading about Mahomes. Then the next chapter is about... How Patrick Mahomes started and how he was actually uh, a better baseball player. And, and actually, they said basketball was his best sport coming out. And then there weren't many scholarship offers for him. And finally, Texas Tech, uh, Kingsbury was there. And then they, after he committed to Texas Tech, that's when the big boys started coming in like Notre Dame and powers like that and wanted him, But it was too late.
3: Lee, you want to borrow this Patriots book from me?
2: I would. Which one? I've read a lot of books about the Patriots. The
3: Who's Dynasty by Jeff Benedict. I read that. Oh, did you?
2: Yes. but How'd I, you like it? Well, I, t- I take that back. I finished a Benedict book, but I got to make uh, – maybe it was a different book. I would like to look at it, yes.
3: I'll, I'll bring that in for but you. But he's only you. reading odd-numbered chapters. Re- really the uh, the only real book I've read in the last, like, decade. Okay.
1: Well, there you go. You just heard the reading habits of two of the three uh, the people on this show. So uh, if you want to share your reading habits with us here on WNSP, we encourage you to hit us up in the app. Uh, Andrew Spivey's is going to join us at 6.30. Gator Country will talk some uh, Gators in the fallout from uh, week one. Paul Fonbaum at uh, 7 o'clock. Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide at 7.30. Jim Nagy, uh, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, will uh, join us at 8 o'clock. Tom Luganville, he made it out. We'll make sure, we'll see if he's having any night sweats or if he's uh, got any psychological damage from almost being trampled in that Duke-Clemson game. Looking forward to that. Westcott Ebert. Of burnt orange. We'll talk some Texas at eight thirty. So we got a couple things for you. We got to get somebody qualified for the uh name in it. The Alex name the Alec name in a catering party of up to twenty or eighteen me and Lee. And of course we have some Chick-fil-A for you as well. So we'll start things off with the scoreboard traffic and weather. A Cal running back. Not putting a whole lot of respect on Auburn's name this week. We'll tell you what he had to say and uh, get your reaction to it. Here we go. A Thursday edition off and running right here on the sports station, WNSP.
4: Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP sports.
1: 21 just getting started here on a Thursday it's the opening kickoff Mark Lee and Bronner right here in the studios of WNSP
2: So did you hear the one about the Mexican marathon only in Mexico well not only in Mexico Mexico City Mark they had 30,000 runners this was back August 27th story comes out today 11,000 were disqualified for not running the proper course but what i found interesting was there were complaints allegations that some of the runners were using public transportation to finish the race <laughs> they're just hopping on buses i guess or using bicycles or 11,000 people can yeah. you imagine a bus going or how about this a car goes by and you hit your ride yeah you
1: see the 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 thing is you, first of all you can't have 11,000 but you get a couple guys you can't finish first you just have to finish in the money whatever the money is you, it's like you just got to finish in that top 10 and throw a little water on you. Don't make it look so obvious.
2: So, if you're running in a race like this, and I have never run a marathon, never will. In fact, I've never run in a race before. But, and it, it doesn't look like they have like money belts or money on them. So, if public transportation, if the bus is going by and you want to hop on, don't you have to give the guy some money? I would
1: assume so, unless yeah. you flash a little card or now something. Now, where do that the swipe? bicycles
2: come from? Oh, I know. Maybe like out here where we have the scooters, it's possible. Um, you ever hop
3: on one of those, Lee?
2: No, and I don't see what I don't. I don't see the purpose of them. I mean, I could uh, I could understand a bicycle, but a scooter.
3: I use them often. Do you really? Not really for like. What do you use them for? More so for recreation. They're D- fun. What if you don't return it? There's no. That's the whole
1: point. You don't have to return it, right? <laughs> you just you just yeah. leave them wherever you find There's them, and then somebody else grabs them and goes and then there there's gps on them for them to pick them up and charge them or whatever when when they're when they're
2: low on juice i know we have two out there right now
3: there's no centralized location that you have to return them to so i mean
2: you don't make much distance on those do you they don't go do they go fast
3: they get up to. so what's what's funny is like if you're on dolphin like downtown they slow down automatically uh but yeah if you're like on the side streets they get up to like 17 miles an hour so you're just you're just grabbing one just for fun, like you're not using them. Yeah, get, yeah. yeah, they're fun.
2: <laughs> so you actually, will you go out today? Would you actually use one, the one one of the two out there? I
3: probably won't today. Uh, I have my car here. How much? So why don't we go at the break though? Why
1: don't you grab one and we can record it? We throw it up on socials for everybody to see. Or better yet, if there are two, why don't why don't you buy uh, Lee over here his first ride, complimentary ride. <laughs> and we'll get lee on one yeah, yeah. We'll go
3: right down dolphin street take a hard left right there should on, i go, go out there or dolphin
2: street? or hallet which one probably hallet Hallett sidewalks don't look so good on hallet
3: uh, you got to stay on the
1: street well, ain't nobody out there gonna t- i won't say anything although i guess if we're getting video of it we could uh we could turn him in who who here wants to see lee on a scooter raise your hand
3: Apparently, I'm the only Someone one. Someone say saying you gotta drop the scooters off at a hub. Uh, so I have been told when I try to drop them off, like you can't park it here, and then you have to move it a little bit. But and that's sometimes annoying. But how I,
2: much do they cost?
3: Well, so you can either pay like 40 cents. A, it's either a mile or a minute. I think it's a minute, or you can buy like an hour ride pass for like four dollars or something like that. Ooh. Let's do that. (laughs) We can all take turns. It's a pretty good situation. You guys got to get the app on your phone. We'll all pay four bucks and ride around for an hour. All right. All right. Uh, Apparently, you're just
1: wrong, Bronner. Guy rides three and a half miles, was 20 bucks last
2: weekend.
3: Guy should have bought the ride pass. I don't know what to tell you.
2: Does he have EZ Pass?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Only us New Jerseyans are going to know about that.
2: That's just a
1: distortion of the truth.
3: I've seen signs for easy passes in Florida all the time. Oh yeah, no, you, they have them in they Florida. Diff- You're right. They have Don't them in Florida. Don't they have Florida. a different name for it, like Sun Pass or yeah, something Yeah, it's called like Easy Pass. Um, three and a half miles. All right, I want to hear bucks. about this
2: California
3: this, running back. This guy got what
2: did, he, what did he say?
1: I get a whole two and a half minutes to talk about one of our home teams getting trash talked.
3: Awesome. Really didn't mean to start that. So.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, well, we, 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 we ran the gamut on that one between scooters and Mexican marathons. None of which apparently uh, was on the up and up, I might add. So Cal's Jaden Ott, he's the one that kind of ran kind of wild in their opener um, against North Texas, mind you. He went on this kind of rant about how he wasn't impressed with the film uh, that he's seen of Auburn. And he was talking about how everybody's just talking about Auburn because it's the name Auburn, the brand there's no, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of focus on the name Auburn he says but what I've seen on film is not really in comparison to what their name is I just want to get into that, that into my guy's heads that a, a name doesn't mean anything at the end of the day they're still human and we just and we have just as much of a chance as they do to go in there and get the win so when he was asked you feel pretty confident that y'all are going to win he's like, yeah we are. But people saying they're taking Auburn maybe too seriously because of the name Auburn and the brand that is Auburn.
2: But he feels like Cal's going to take care of business over the weekend. You can't blame him. I mean, you don't want him to come out and say we don't have a chance. He said it would be very encouraging when we get this win.
1: How about that? future team in the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference he is very confident Jaden Ott after taking down North Texas see guy makes this statement makes our job easier makes me want oh, all make, makes me want to see Auburn got there and win again although I'd be just as curious to find out what this guy has to say if they beat Auburn and what he has to say after the game
2: yeah I could just see the uh, the writers making a beeline at what midnight <laughs> trying to find this guy <laughs> All right, the team of Dr. Mullenix at Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery, uh, they're our title sponsor, will be at Viger High School for the very first time tomorrow from 6 to 9. Uh, considered, in my opinion, one of the best oral surgeons anywhere. Uh, he has done a lot of work on my mouth, especially with dental implants. Outstanding oral surgeon, along with uh, Dr. Wallander. And they are available most of the day. I'd suggest you give them a call if you have any, any issues that crop up. 471, if you fall off your scooter in the morning, you might want to get in touch with them uh, at four seven one thirty three eighty one 3381 Bronner, this is for you. They're located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. If somehow you stumble on that scooter, they provide facial trauma, knocked out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, jaw surgery, and much, much more.
1: All right, let's go ride scooters on Bronner. Here we go. It's the opening kickoff. If we're not back when the music starts, somebody faceplanted
4: uh, well, you didn't ask a bad question the other night. I just didn't answer it very
0: well. Yeah,
1: yeah Nick Saban, that's his uh that's as close as you're gonna get to an apology. Uh, what what uh, was the
2: uh, that was Nick question. Saban? Uh, I know what he was saying, but you should have played it through the question.
1: Well, the question he didn't repeat the question. The question was that's that was the response to the whole Coke bottle. This is a Coke bottle. It's not a crystal ball. Uh, it, he was asked about Jalen Milroe, Was it er, earlier this week? And he came back uh, unsolicited, I might add, and and said, you know, this is how I should have answered the question. It was again as close as you're going to get. Uh, to an apology from from Nick. Maybe all those maybe all those talking heads talking about him being a bully is is getting
3: getting back to saving. Terry been getting in his ear. Shout out mm. my classmate Austin Hannon on that one. That was his, uh, that yeah. was his question. Yeah, he, Nate called him out by name. He said Austin. Yeah, it wasn't a bad question. Nice. Mad- imagine saving saying saying that. Yeah, it oh, was a good question. All
2: right. Let's get down to Gainesville. My good friend Andrew Spivey from Gator Country. Good morning, Andrew. How you doing, my friend?
5: Good, Lee. Thanks for having me
2: on. Thank you for taking time to join us. What's the mood down there in Gainesville right now?
5: Uh, pretty hot. <laughs> uh, not, um, uh, not, not what you kind of expected after Game One. You know, obviously, uh, most people. Uh, thought Florida would go to Utah and, and probably drop that football game. Um, and and they did. It, it, and it wasn't that they dropped the game. It was how they dropped the game. You know, when you go into that game and uh, you have the, the penalties and, and the mistakes and um, just the way they looked in the game was, was what had really set the fan base off. They looked unprepared. Uh, Billy Napier and his staff looked like they were out coached in the game overall. Uh, and you went into that game with, you know, a backup quarterback starting for Utah, uh, that without their tight end and without their defensive tackle, and you know, you, you go into that game and you somehow defensively play really, really good, but yet on the scoreboard it looks like you got blown out. And if you watch the game, it looked like you had never had a chance to win that football game.
2: If I recall, when Florida hired Billy Napier, you were pretty excited about this. Of course, you would have been excited with anybody over Dan Mullen, correct? Absolutely.
5: Anybody with Dan Mullen would have been better.
2: Right. So are you still optimistic that uh, Billy Napier is the guy?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I do. I mean, I, again, I, I think we all forget how bad things were with Dan Mullen. How bad the roster was. You know, how bad the the program was under under Dan Mullen. And. Uh, you look back, and you know you kind of look at that game on on, uh, on last Thursday, and, and you look at it, and you have an offensive line that had to be completely rebuilt, um, and, and mainly through the transfer portal um, there, and you had a, a quarterback who you know he didn't lose the football game, but still it was a quarterback that you had to go to the transfer portal for. Um, the depth as for Florida was not there. Um, Florida played 14 freshmen in the game, 22 guys that had never played, and you know obviously that's. Not an excuse when you look at you know something like Deion Sanders where he played 80 new players in the game, um, but I, I am. I think the thing that concerned me a little bit on Thursday was that they were unprepared and, and out coached a little bit you know when you think of Billy Napier you think of a guy that's very prepared who doesn't uh, forget any little detail who has a plan uh, i I joked uh, with somebody earlier this week it, I, it feels like Billy Napier has a plan for the next 10 years and for him to go into this game and, and let those silly mistakes happen where you have two number threes on the field on special teams you know where you have those opportunities where you you know you're lining up with four guys in the backfield on third and one you can't have those mistakes. And, and that's something that Billy Napier even said a little bit. He said, the buck stops on me. It's, it's my fault. Uh, I've got to get better. And, and I think that as long as, you know, you see improvement the rest of the year, then things are going to be okay. Uh, that was the thing that concerned me was just how unprepared they look.
2: Andrew, let me ask you this. Uh, one of the Probably the only statement, I don't really pay that much attention to the commentators, but when Herb Street talked about the recruits that – napier brought in and he said how napier went after bigger and stronger more sec but then he added but they're he surprised they're slow <laughs> did you catch that like it was kind of like a backhanded slap that these guys aren't very quick you know like you expect sec linemen to be you know big strong and fast and all that what did you th- is that true was that
5: accurate yeah, I mean first of all, you know, everybody wanted to get rid of CBS to get to get that, you know, two guys and him and, uh, you know, Fowler, who, you know, are really good at um, what they have. have a lot of experience. They're a terrible broadcasters. That was one of the worst, you know, broadcast games I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, I mean, is Florida in, in certain positions a little slow? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, but I think at the same point in time, you know, a lot of the guys they're bringing in and, and that Billy Napier is responsible for are, are pretty big and pretty good. I mean, when you look at guys like TJ uh, a freshman, Kelby Collins, a freshman out of Gardendale, Alabama, uh, those guys, they're big, fast, and twitchy. So, uh, you know, I think that comment was a little backhand because street doesn't care for Florida a little bit. Um, I, so I didn't think that was uh, very accurate at all, and that's probably not the reason Florida lost the football game. They lost the football game because they couldn't line up correctly, and they couldn't move the football.
2: So... You also follow recruiting very closely, uh, Andrew Spivey with Gator Country, and I think they mentioned something, or somebody did this week, that Florida's recruiting class is doing very well for the following year. Where do you stand?
5: Yeah, Florida's number three in the country right now in, in recruiting. I mean, they have several top, uh, you know, guys, top 50 guys. You know, the number three rated quarterback, DJ Lagway out of Texas, um, a big defensive end out of Picking union, Union, uh, Jamonte Waller, a uh, big safety out of Texas, Xavier uh, from uh, McKinney, Texas. Um, they have several guys that are really good. They, they have 22 commits right now. It's a very good class. It's a very good class that is split up offensively and defensively. It hits a lot of needs. Uh, they have some. Explosiveness at a, at a lot of different positions, including that tight end spot where they need to get better. Um, so, overall, recruiting is really good. And, you know, I, I, that's the thing for this team right now is figure out a way to get better, to show improvement, and keep the class together. And, and the, the thing for Billy Napier is he's been very open, very honest with his recruiting class. And it's going to be a full of up and downs this year, that you're going to see some games where they look like world beaters, and then you're going to see some games like Thursday where they looked like they couldn't beat anybody. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, for Billy Napier to succeed, he just needs to keep this class in in, in check because this is the class that could really turn things around. And, And this is really his first full class that he's been able to recruit you know, for two years, and, and we all know in recruiting it's all about relationships in NIL. So uh, having two years to recruit these guys is a big deal, and and so far that the class is really good. And so far, after talking to guys, you know they understand, and you know they they are sticking together after the Utah game. They obviously they were a little disappointed at how it went down, but uh, again, as I go back and say, Billy Napier kind of warned them about it.
2: For those who don't know, Andrew, of course, has been a regular guest, not only the morning show, but the afternoon show. And he is from this area. He is a Mary G. Montgomery alum. And certainly uh, the excitement over the Vikings land has really been revved up. And I'd have to say tomorrow night's game for Mary G. Montgomery against Foley might be their most important game in years. Would you agree with that?
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a long time, probably since uh – uh MGM Daphne under Scott Leslie when both teams were undefeated and then Daphne ended up backing them off. uh and uh, yeah absolutely biggest game uh you know they, they went on the revenge tour I called it a little bit but so they they get Williamson and blow him out they go up Charles Henderson and uh, absolutely dominate that and uh yeah Foley's a big one I you know, that, that's a measuring stick. You know, Foley is a team that's got some Division One commits on it, obviously. Um, and and they beat MGM in overtime last year, double overtime, I believe. So, it's a big one. I'm, I'm pumped to see uh, what Coach Dolce and those guys can do out there. Hopefully, uh, continue that uh, revenge tour and continue on the winning ways.
2: Alright, let me ask you this. MGM's quarterback Jared Holland is a South Alabama verbal. Is his future quarterback or another position? No, I
5: think it's I mean, when you when you watch his film and you, and you really talk to some people, uh, you know, who have recruited him and stuff like that, everybody kind of thinks he's going to stay there. Everybody says he's a smart guy uh, who, who really understands the game, is really dedicated to the game, with his work ethic. And a lot of people that I've talked to think that he's a, a guy that's going to play and, and start at South Alabama in the years to come. Probably not next year, obviously, but in the years to come. So it's exciting for me to see. Hopefully he goes on to. 2 start and goes on to the next level, but um, uh, Jared seems like a guy that uh, everybody's very high on and um, is going to be a steal for South Alabama uh, under Kane Womack.
1: Hey, great stuff, Andrew. Always appreciate you hopping aboard. Tell people how they can continue to follow your coverage of the Gators.
5: Yeah, absolutely. At andrews 5 GC on Twitter uh, and Gator Country on the web.
1: Hey, have a great weekend. We appreciate the
5: time. Absolutely. Take care, guys.
1: All right, little Gator talk. We uh, Paul Feinbaum's is going to join us at seven o'clock. Uh, you guys can jump in. Um, did you consider that? Uh, by the way, did you consider that a
3: an apology from Nick Saban? Yes. To Austin Hannon? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah as close as you're going to get. Said it wasn't a bad question. I just answered it. It was. It was an admitting of fault. It might might be even better than an apology. Yeah. Um. Someone had to have said something to him,
1: right? Maybe the little media specialist that he goes into training with? I mean, if you're He's the Josh, media— me, yeah.
2: Josh. Me, Josh,
3: uh, If you're the uh, media person asked the question and got the initial rant about the Coke bottle and then gets the further quote-unquote apology, whatever you want to call it, I mean, you're, you're over the moon. Well the truth
1: is, and I'm not saying there were there there have been reporters out there that try to get him to react in a way that it makes him explode, but and, the, and truth the question is, was not was certainly not that. No, of course not. Uh, but if you're a reporter covering Nick Saban or anybody and the coach blows his top, that's better than any that's better than any other like real answer he can give you on whatever topic you're asking about because that's that becomes the news. So one, Saban, and I, I guess I'm kind of defending Saban here. You never have to apologize for for reacting in the moment, um, unless unless it's a Maria Taylor incident. That was over the top, where where you're flat out telling a reporter to stop asking. No, I love that. But right, we all did. That's kind of my point. So like Maria Taylor ain't mad because now she's trending and like she's she's part of a, this huge story. But I didn't think one the question that Austin initially asked earlier this week was uh, out of bounds. Um, I don't think the way he answered it necessarily was out of bounds, at least not for Saban. Um, so therefore, the I don't. I don't really bottle. believe. I don't. I don't believe that Nick Saban needed to approach that topic in a follow up press conference.
2: I mean, do you? Guys, I was surprised because I didn't either. I didn't think the—I agree with you. I didn't think the question was bad or the answer was that bad. You know, he just— if I recall correctly, when he was asked about it, he said, look, uh, if this Coke bottle is not a crystal ball, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I don't know what his future is going to be. I don't know how well he's going to play against Texas, which is, you know, a legitimate answer. And I think most people would probably, you can't go out and say, well, I think he's going to burn Texas for five touchdowns. No. So I was kind of surprised at that, that he did even mention that. But, again, as you said, probably somebody got in his ear.
3: Someone brings up a good point in the app. Maybe you heard heard uh – Paul Feinbaum on WNSP last week. That's what I'm thinking. even a bully. That's right. Which, I mean, was, which was nonsense, by the way. Just saying. Um, bully might
1: be a strong word. I do think he tries to control. I got a word
3: or two for Paul Feinbaum.
1: Well, good for <laughs> you because he's coming up at seven. So we'll let you speak your mind. We were going to give him a minute to speak his no, mind to Paul.
3: We're not going to do that.
1: Paul, you stink.
2: We're not going to nev- do I would that. i never do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to lose Paul. Oh, Lee, I, I try
3: talk, I talk to lose Paul I talk to him every time I uh, I get him on the phone. We have a nice conversation. We catch up. But you just don't let me talk to him on the air. Mm,
1: mm, mm. So record your conversation with him. And if it's worthy, we can play it back on the
3: air. How about that? Oh, it's more of a casual t- catch up between friends.
1: Well, that's what this is. This is what it's <laughs> supposed to be here on radio. Just a couple guys sitting around a bar, uh, at a bar, having a drink, talking sports at 5 or 6 in the morning or whatever it is. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break, come back. You will have a chance to get qualified for the Alec and catering party of up to 20 or 18, me and Lee, uh, with another uh, round of Naming It. Paul Feinbaum at 7, Eli Gold at 7.30, Jim Nagy at 8, Luganville at 8.20. We talk Texas with Westcott Ebert at 8.30. We are jam-packed because that's just a lot going on. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP.
4: War Eagles, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University.
6: You're listening to WNSP. I
2: say now let's play a game. I bet you I could make a rhyme. Out of anybody's name. The first letter of the name. I treat it like it wasn't there. Get it. You like this? Snap Shirley Ellis, the name game. She's going to make it rhyme with Han. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. time.
1: (laughs) Very good. All right, here we go. The uh, time for naming it here a chance to get qualified for the alec Naming catering party of up to uh, 20 or 18 me and lee we'll get 10 of you qualified throughout the course of a couple of weeks and then alec will come on and pick a winner here's how it works we play an audio clip it could be a person place or thing you have to identify what is on that clip and be the first one to call bronner at 694-1055 we're going to do it on the air so take a listen to today's selection what the
2: hell is he doing? Ooh, that was quick we're getting tougher. That's like that name. You remember the show, name that tune? Yeah. Where they waited like that very quickly and uh, and you got to name the tune. That's how that came across. All right,
1: Rackham, Let's see what how many it's going to take. And I was under I was unaware, but uh, he was taking the right or wrong answers off the air yesterday and then putting the right answer on there. So there was a couple of guys that ha- that called in yesterday, but we're on the same page now. So let's see here. Let's go to the phones and no. He didn't want to hop on the air. Oh, you you guys shy? Come on, I don't take yeah. you guys for being shy. Dude, what
3: you gotta by, be willing by the way, he also had it right.
1: You gotta be willing to make some sacrifices here. It's a catering party during football season for up to twenty of your friends. Sometimes you just gotta do what you
3: gotta do. He had the answer right, but uh, say it on the air.
1: Mm mm mm. That's unfortunate.
3: Should I play it again? Yes. <laughs> Cause Lee didn't hear it.
1: Yeah. Well, who, what, what, who, what was that? Mm. You got some time you want to jump in? 694 1055, hit us up. Uh, Meanwhile, Nick Saban apparently apologized. Uh, There's a cow running back calling out Auburn saying, man, they ain't that good. He's not impressed with the film. Looks like more people putting stock on that film because of the name on the helmet or the image, the brand interesting enough speaking of the brand Kirk Herbstreet said some interesting things too about uh, Alabama and Texas I was on a a, a media call with him yesterday uh, alright we got some guys lined up Robbie alright Robbie set us straight
7: this Is that uh, the coach from Rudy
1: that is indeed the coach from Rudy extra credit which will get you absolutely nothing if you can say who, who the coach was
6: Ooh, I can't remember I can't remember his name. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I know his name, but I don't know what his
1: name was. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, stay on the line. You're going to win regardless. Uh, that would have been – do you remember? Dan Devine. I figured you would have nailed that one, Lee. That, that was – there you go. <laughs> hey, nice job. Congrats. Uh, apparently, we played too much of the uh, – people just got it.
2: So, nicely done. So, we have, uh, what, four qualified already, and then we'll take a fifth tomorrow when we're out at Viger High School. Well, probably though, the way it's working out we'll we'll take the fifth off the air. We'll let uh, Michael just handle that, but we will try to get nine qualified, leading up to a week from tomorrow, where Alec Nayman will come on and name the first winner, numbers one through nine. Uh,
1: you know, interestingly about uh the guy, I always find this um so the guy that played uh Dan Devine in that movie had a uh, knack for getting into some of the most uh,
2: memorable sports movies. Well, his name was um I think I know who you mean and if it's the same guy, you're right. He was in a, a whole bunch cuz he was um what was his name? I don't
1: I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Um uh, but he played um
2: he was in Hoosiers. Hoosiers, right? He was the he was the the guy, guy that, that wanted the coach out, right? Yeah. And then he, he played major the, yeah, league. Yeah, he was in major was league. Wasn't he a pitcher? He was the pitcher in
1: major yeah. league. Was coach he, Lou
3: Brown.
2: No, no, he was a pitcher.
1: Ed Harris, the veteran Ed Harris. Ed he, Harris. He put snot on the ball. I ain't got an arm like you do. Mm. So you got to put on it whatever you can find. One day you will too. Yeah, he was he was versatile,
2: pitcher, basketball coach football coach yeah, wasn't he the one that uh, gene hackman playing the role of the basketball coach told him to take a walk yeah basically uh he he was gonna stick around as an assistant or volunteer let's say yeah. and he said i don't really need you
1: basically he was every dad who, yeah. who who thought he knew more about basketball than but did uh, he have
2: a son on the team i don't know i didn't think so yeah
1: it was kind of weird right like he was that guy that wanted to coach but yeah, there was no real connection. And then he sat there and he cheered, his, or he was he was always in the background, like kind of smiling when
2: things weren't going well. And he was the one that helped initiate the overthrow of the coach, but yeah. it, didn't, it backfired. Yep, because Jimmy walked in. Jimmy walked in. What about time the hell I was is he doing? What if Jimmy was late? Yeah. Yep. He was kind of late. And wasn't told. Wasn't they didn't even He know got the wrong it. day wrong. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> was Normandale was out. They never won the <laughs> one-state championship. Yeah, he walks in. and Do you think that was actually accurate, was, or is that Hollywood? I'm sure that was Hollywood.
3: It uh, always is. Uh, he,
2: uh,
1: he walked in, and he was like, uh, I think it's about time I start playing ball. And everybody goes nuts, and he goes, uh, see, I told you once we got rid of him. And then he goes, oh, one last thing. I play Coach days. That's right. He goes, I go. And, oh, a dude just had a dude flipped out. He's like, I'm going to coach football at Notre Dame. I can't get a job here in Hickory.
2: I think uh, there were a couple of players on that Hoosiers team that actually were college players at a small school. Not DePaul, but uh, kind of similar to that, DuPaul or something like that. But that they were actually suspended, I think, because of the fact that they were in that movie or – they had to sit out a game or two. The guy that who played Jimmy was a pretty good basketball player. Not a great player, but, a, you know, he knew what to do. I mean, he knew how to play. I don't know if he had a really great career at that small school. It was like a Division two or Division three school. DePaul, not DePaul. Gotcha.
1: The guy's name, by the way, is Chelsea Ross. I never would have known that. The guy that played uh, the character that we're talking about. Ed Harris, the Hoosiers coach. Yeah, Chelsea Ross. Now, I always laugh at guys. How do, how do guys get cast into these athletic roles in movies and they're like the least athletic people in the world? Like apparently like Wesley Snipes was not a good basketball player when he got cast in White Men Can't Jump, which is a great movie, by the way. One of the best movies, basketball movies you'll ever watch. But he was terrible. Like, Keanu Reeves just doesn't look like he can throw a ball, right? I mean, he can dodge bullets and stuff in the Matrix, but not a good—can't not can't throw a ball. But, like, Kevin Costner was, like, a natural athlete and could do those things. Just amazing. It seems like some of the criteria would—you'd have to be able to be, like, coordinated and athletic to play these things. What do I know? I'm not a casting director. Paul Feinbaum's next. Eli Goal as well in hour number two. Hang with us. It's a Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP.
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and on the sound of mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening kickoff, kickoff, kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael.
1: All right, 7.05. And just like that, we're back at it here on a Thursday edition. A reminder, uh, we're taking the road. We're taking the road. We're taking the show on the road tomorrow for the Dr. Christopher Monick's High School Game Day. We'll get some details on that coming up. And then we'll be at Bob Baumhauer's
2: Victory Grill on Monday. But we are here in the studios now, and we are busy. We are, and uh, before we get to our next guest, a reminder that tonight the NFL gets underway with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting Detroit. 7.20 kickoff on NBC. You can hear the broadcast on WNSP beginning at 7 o'clock. Let's talk now to our good friend, the ESPN SEC uh sports commentator uh, especially well gifted in college football mr paul feinbaum paul i apologize our uh board up who claims he's a good friend of yours forgot to play your intro music but maybe we can get him to do it next week but that, that's on him that's your good friend uh, michael brauner good morning paul
4: well, I will not do the segment without my intro. So That's, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, okay. and, and,
1: Paul, <laughs> uh, what I love so much about that is we, we like to keep that stuff behind the scenes. We don't like to air dirty laundry Exactly. So, so Lee was just real subtle about that. Pretty much.
2: I only I only brought it up because our board op was saying how how good friends he was with you and that you guys have these these chats before we go on the air and apparently you chatted so much that he forgot to play your intro. Really let me ask
3: you this: out to dry there, Lee?
2: Geez, that's ah, not the first time, and it won't be the last. All right, let me ask you, Paul: the Alabama-Texas game. If it's possible to define which school needs this victory the most, if in fact that is the case, would it be Texas or Alabama? Which it means more important to?
4: I think it's more important, Alabama, Lee, because it's just such a bigger story in college football. If Texas loses, most of us will go, "Oh, okay, <laughs> but that's not a big surprise." Uh, you know, the Texas is back uh, moniker has been overdone, and, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't know that many people that really expect it. I think for Alabama and, and Nick Saban, they have been off the radar screen a little bit, uh, even you know behind Georgia now, obviously behind. Uh, everything that's going on with uh, Coach Prime, so I, I think a loss would 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 further exacerbate that that conversation that things are changing in Tuscaloosa. A win doesn't solidify a national championship or a playoff appearance, but it, at least it lets the college world know, hey, uh, Alabama is still uh, around and, and kicking uh, uh, and on on the biggest stage in the sport, it succeeded.
2: Not only that, but it, it would at least give the SEC a meaningful win this weekend, which they seem to have avoided last weekend.
4: Oh, I don't know. I thought uh, Auburn's win over uh, UMass. Massachusetts was was, was huge.
2: <laughs> you and who else? <laughs> you and who else have thought here, that? Here. Uh, here
1: for You know, Paul, you keep making hot takes like that. Uh, ESPN is going to be calling you and matching Mina Khan's new uh, contract over there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always thrilled to see any of my colleagues uh you know get new deals, especially really good deals based on what I've read. So, um yeah, we're we're we're, we're one big family yeah. at ESPN. We all love each other. We we support each other especially at a time like this.
1: Wow! Listen to him. He and Nick Saban got the same media coach as it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know you were going there next. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's go there next. So, was that an apology we heard yesterday, or some form? Is that a Nick Saban version of an apology?
4: I thought it was a, a very human moment for for Nick Saban. Uh, he caught a lot of flack uh, as. As readers of of Mark know, since uh, you you don't miss uh, any of the inter inter interchanges with the media, and yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, yeah, it. I thought that was as much as we can get from Nick Saban. He mentioned. By the way, he did something I I don't remember Mark him him ever doing. He mentioned the reporter's name. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, this wasn't like one of your, uh, you know, your front row guys uh, that have been there a long time. This is a I know Austin pretty well. He. He just graduated from Alabama. He's a young reporter. And uh, can you imagine uh, being called, uh, having your name called? Because, I mean, Mark, there are guys for your company that have covered Nick Saban for 10 years that he doesn't know their names. So this was a big deal.
2: Well, he ain't the only one. I'm not sure their names anymore either. There were some talking heads who actually picked Clemson to be in the Final Four. After their loss to Duke, what do you see with this program? Do they rebound and, and run the table, or are they really in trouble?
4: I think they're really in trouble, Lee, and and this is really a defining moment for Dabo Sweeney because he has stuck to his principles, much like a politician who who just will not bend on on any subject, uh, regardless of what the populace says, and he finally acquiesced on NIL a year or two ago, much too late uh, to really play the game uh, with everyone else. Now he is, But but he has never bended on the transfer portal, and it's costing him, and it cost him in that game, and I I don't really think they have a good path forward. Uh, I mean, I mean the argument is you know should they run the table? Uh, could they make a some noise? Well, I, first of all, I don't think they can run the table. Second of all, uh, even if they did run the table, I'm not sure it's going to be enough. I mean that that was a shattering loss, and it's hard to come back from.
1: So what? who had a who had a worse week then? Was it Dabo and Clemson, or was it Brian Kelly and, and LSU?
4: Mark, I think it was Dabo because. If if the same thing, if if both programs ended up winning out, who would be in better shape? Obviously LSU. They would. That would mean they would have wins over Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, That's enough to get you in the playoffs. I mean, you're not going to be an 11 and one SEC, a 12 and one SEC champion, uh, and, and not go to the playoffs. But you could be in the ACC because your wins would be over Notre Dame and in Florida State. Now, if Florida State ended up only having one loss, it, it would help, but there's I think there's way too many things that have to happen for for Clemson to get back in it. Yeah.
1: I just with Brian Kelly with the comment that they were going to beat the heck out of Florida State, then they get they just get mauled and then he comes back and says that's not what I said. Yeah, that it's exactly what you said. Like what do, what do you what what PR machine are you? What what kind of spin is that? It was, he's just flat out lying at this point.
4: Well, I mean, the easiest thing is to always deny and just. I mean, but but, but listen, I, I'm not suggesting we go up and down the news channel, but we're seeing it in real time from candidates from both parties. Uh, that, I mean, they lie about what we already we, we we've already heard them say. That's just the new normal, Mark. Yeah. I, I know that I know you're a neophyte in covering uh, <laughs> in covering the media, but uh, that's how it goes.
2: I wanted to bring up the Texas A&M Miami game. Uh, A&M, of course, got off to a really good start, but this Miami team perhaps uh, coming up in ranks in the uh, ACC. And we talk about the importance of a game. How important now it is for Texas A&M to make a statement?
4: I think it's very important. Uh, I mean, everyone was raving about them after the first week, and I'm still trying to remember who they played. Uh, so I think this – I mean, this is not Miami circa 1991. I mean, this is uh, – a a beaten-down Miami program. Uh, And the the win over Miami doesn't really do you any good, Lee, but the loss to Miami is embarrassing. And it just creates, whether it's an accurate or a false narrative about where where the A&M program is. I mean, they have so many big games ahead. This is not one of them.
2: You uh, do you fall into the same, uh, let's say, uh, sentence that you had Steve Spurrier on this week? What, What was your when when he said that the Colorado Nebraska game was more important than Alabama Texas? What was your immediate reaction?
4: How, how absurd can you be, Steve? Um, I mean, that, that was just uh, – that was a shot. Uh, there's no bigger game than Alabama and Texas. And, and I, I, will, I will counter my own argument by saying the biggest story of this week has been Deion Sanders. I, guys, I was uh, – you know, I did the circuit on ESPN this week. I was, on, I was on with Stephen A. Smith on, when, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And both days, we, I don't think we ever got to Alabama-Texas. The reason being, um, Coach Prime. Uh, I mean, he he has won the day, but that doesn't make Saturday's game that important. I mean, it's a a fairly meaningless meaningless game in, in, the, in the in the in the in the in the pool of college football playoff uh, importance. Uh, neither one of those schools will be around uh, in the in the final conversation where Alabama and Texas could both be uh sitting around on selection sunday waiting to hear whether they made it in or not so that's why alabama texas is, is far more important and i i don't know i just i have a hard time getting excited about a local 11 o'clock start and saying that's an important game i mean most most people in, in boulder won't even be up yet
0: yeah uh
1: did you uh did you call Stephen a skip two or was that just Shannon?
4: I uh, I did call I I I did use a Skip reference once. Uh, uh, Shannon and Skip uh, and Stephen Hey I'm sorry we're both on the screen at the same time and I said (laughs) you know the the guy I I, I made some well you know Skip sitting next to you so it could have gone for either one they both laughed though.
1: Yeah all right so I got to ask you right we're talking Alabama Texas Uh, Kirk Herbstreit brought up an interesting point he said that most teams most um, are intimidated by Nick Saban the Alabama brand, the helmet, the uniform, they've almost lost before they step on the field. He said, Texas isn't. And that was proven last year with the way they played that game. And he thought a lot of the reason for that was because Steve Sarkisian's on that sideline. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment?
4: Well, I think it helped last year because the game was at home and and Texas played so well, especially early on, um, I don't think that's a factor Saturday night. Now, that obviously is a factor uh, often, and uh, we've seen that. But it, that, that that goes for anything. I mean, we we've, we've seen that in golf with Tiger Woods. We've seen it in boxing. We've seen it in other sports. But but I, I don't think that. I, I mean, he's right, of course. But I, that matters not. Saturday night, really. I think it's going to be about how does uh, how does Quinn Ewers handle the moment? Uh, how does how does Milrow handle uh, his biggest moment? and and the flow of the game uh and and we'll, we'll, I mean I, I don't know. I mean I, I mean I understand why Texas is the underdog. I understand why 85% of the people are pre, are picking uh, or more are picking Alabama to win. And I agree with that, but 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 I I don't think anybody's going to be intimidated in this game.
1: All right. And uh last but not least, uh Cal running back made some comments about uh he is not impressed with Auburn on film and that people are just speaking of branding or looking at the helmet more than they are the film uh what's your take on that
4: i i think there's some probably some truth to that and and there's no way of knowing uh, i listen i, I don't want to be that guy at the end of the the panel and say hey this is a dangerous game for auburn but of course it's a dangerous game you're you're going uh, halfway across the country if not the world uh you're playing uh yeah in in a in a three two or three time zone's over and and we really don't know very much about auburn uh so I I had, I talked to Hugh Freeze the other day and you know he looked apprehensive he 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 said something really weird he said you know we uh we're going out Thursday but I don't know why we can't go out Friday I'm like going why can't you call Delta Airlines and change the day the the, the schedule uh because he acted like he didn't realize the game was uh at 10:30 on on or or 9:30 on on Saturday night so I mean that's already a bad sign when the coach is second guessing obviously is AD about why they're going out a day early
2: they don't charter
4: yeah, of course they are. I mean, That's you know, what I mean yeah. Yeah. they can and go out anytime they want. Don't think it, I don't think it's that difficult to call. I mean, they, they use. They, I think. It, I think it's Delta. I don't know who it is, but I think they call. Uh, I don't know why you couldn't have changed it. That was really an, an odd thing, and it got me worried about the game as well. Mark.
1: Hey, uh, Skip. We always appreciate the time, sir. It's always good stuff. Uh, have a great week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh,
4: we'll be there tomorrow. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> that's uh that's Paul
1: <laughs> That's Paul Feinbaum. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow him on Twitter or X or whatever at Fine Uh scoreboard traffic and weather next. Uh, Eli Gold at 730, Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock, Tom Luganville at 820. And we'll talk some of Texas at 830 with Westcott Ebert. So we got a lot going on today. We are jam-packed. Uh, we're trying to get it all in. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP.
4: This is Reese Dismukes. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
0: There is a ball drilled.
1: 725, welcome back in. The opening kickoff,
2: Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station, WNSP. And home run came off. Scherzer, who lasted only three innings as the uh, Houston Astros drilled the Rangers. The Rangers really slumping now, and the Astros occupying first place in the AL west so you could say that maybe they were in baseball the team of the day last night but i'll tell you the team of the day right here on wnsp as it has been for years now is bachelor service seems like everywhere i go in my neighborhood yesterday mark i saw another bachelor service truck they've been working overtime these days because of the heat problems that many are encounter so these are things that I suggest you take advantage of their $79 tune-up special for heating and air conditioning also checking the boxes for bachelor service they do some things that others cannot do they have uh, plumbing services available they also have whole house generators in stock these are some of the features from our good friends at bachelor service you can reach Rick True or any member of his staff at 476 or you can visit bachelorservice.com uh, they offer the uh, daikin products and they also have a full complement of air purification products so this is a business that's been going strong for over 50 years so obviously they know what they're doing and especially in these hot times take advantage of them
1: hot times All right, Eli Gold coming up next. Uh, We'll talk to Jim Nagy as well, Tom Luganville. We got a lot going on today. You guys can continue in the app at WNSP.com. I haven't had a chance to get your guys' take on that, uh, what Herb Street said, uh, that most teams are intimidated by the brand by Sabin, and that Texas is not. do you, do, you, do you guys buy into the fact that some people are intimidated and, and essentially lose the game before they step on the field
2: against Alabama? I think some of those games where the Alabama gives them a million dollars or so, uh, I, I think there's some validity to that. But I don't think a, a program like Texas is, and I don't care who the coach is. I mean, Texas has always built itself as the uh, – Alpha program and you know, they're the program that, you know, for a long time dominated, you know, the conference they were in. So I don't think it's because sarkisian's the coach. I, I think that's just their attitude that we can beat anybody and I don't think in, in like in Oklahoma or Texas that they that take a backseat to anybody when it comes to uh that kind of thinking.
3: Lee, I'm gonna want a prediction from you before uh you know, probably in the last segment at eight because I won't be able to get one out of you tomorrow, so just be ready to give one. Are you mean on the
2: game itself? Yes. Okay, are you looking now we're going to do tomorrow. Mark and I when we go out on the road like that, we go by the point spreads. Are you looking for a straight up or point spread?
3: I will take all except straight. Up. Just give me a score. Um we'll 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 see if uh it's going to cover. Alabama's favored by a touchdown. Now you've been to a lot of
2: Alabama games. You've been a lot more than I have. Sure. Do you think teams are intimidated when they come to Bryant Denny?
3: I think a loud Brian Denny is pretty intimidating. It, it does get like the A&M game last year was loud. Uh, that that being said, Jalen Millarow beat a terrible A&M play on the last play the game so you know what uh, i think take that as you will
2: all right and we can talk about this when we get a a minute or two but i think it's not so much that when you walk into the stadium you're intimidated but when you get the loud crowd and everything it messes up your play count you see more offsides and things like that you're you're just not you don't cope with it well
3: i mean there are louder stadiums in college football for sure but the one or two games a year brian denny gets loud is, is pretty special when those crowds are threatened
1: herb street said You guys feel threatened this weekend? Hit us up in the app and let me know. Eli Goal is next right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
4: The two inside guys are really, really good. Um, Strong, powerful, uh, can can pass rush, uh, really hard to block. um, Don't give up a lot of movement inside. All
1: right, that's the voice of Alabama coach Nick Saban as uh, the Crimson Tide prepares for the uh, Longhorns of Texas coming in. By the way, uh, if you're not going to the game, I have a perfect alternative for you. Go to the WNSP Alabama watch party this Saturday at the Outsider in downtown Mobile. You'll have an opportunity, by the way, to get a free WNSP T-shirt just for just for showing up. That's just for making the uh, the trip down there. But there's other reasons to be there as well. Uh, you'll also uh, can enter a chance to win an Alabama football jersey, courtesy of the Vault. And uh, while you're sitting there with your Crimson Tide uh, fans. Other fans and cheering on your favorite team. Check out everything the Outsider has to offer. 22 TVs. Uh, they're going to have beer specials. Food from the Insider Food Hall. Uh, they're going to have a, a post-game party. Uh, there will be music during commercials and entertainment. All that kind of stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. A couple of the WNSP personalities will be there. It's really the the WNSP Ultimate Alabama Watch Party. So check it out this weekend uh, for the Alabama-Texas game at the Outsider in downtown mobile uh we are efforting uh mr eli Gold. uh in the meantime continue with your comments in the app at wnsp.com and uh we will talk some texas coming up at 8
2: 30 yeah this uh segment is uh, brought to you by dex imaging it usually features the voice of the crimson tide eli gold he missed last year's uh texas alabama game unfortunately because of the illness but he's back to broadcast and then starting tonight at six thirty. It's Hey Coach. Nick Saban will be joining Eli Gold and others as they take phone calls. And you can hear that show on WZEW this evening at six thirty,
1: ninety-two All right, you guys, get us in the app at WNSP.com. Um, somebody... Uh wanted to say something about kirk Herbstreet. i wish i could get paid to analyze 40 point spread games and pick the winner actually the thing about kirk is he doesn't pick all the ones that we're interested in picking because he's wound up calling those games i don't necessarily see why uh that's an issue but that's what he chooses to do i don't have a problem with kirk i think he does as good a job as anybody in
2: the industry all right let's talk to eli gold right now the voice of the crimson tide good morning sir how are you doing this morning
7: I am well. How are you today?
2: Doing wonderful, and I know you're getting excited for Alabama-Texas this coming uh, Saturday. Uh, before we get to that, I did mention that, hey, Coach, tonight, uh, what, what, when is Nick Saban going to join you, and w- what are some of the features tonight on Hey, Coach?
7: Well, as always, he'll, he'll come on with us at 7 o'clock. The show starts at 6.30. He'll come on at 7 and stay until 8. We've got uh, also... The golf coach. He's going to be with us, uh, Coach Sewell. We've got the, the um, uh, gymnastics coach. We've got uh, Holly Rowe from ESPN. She's going to be the media guest in attendance. So it uh, should be a very, very good program this evening.
2: Eli, how'd you feel about your first return for a regular season game last Saturday? Uh, and, you know, after evaluating everything, how'd it go?
7: I thought it went well, except for the very first touchdown. I ended up getting a uh, frog in my throat, and it, it just resided there and would not clear up. So I was packing and coughing uh, through that one call, which aggravated me to no end. I don't mind telling you, but uh, you know that happens. We've all gotten frogs in our throat. Heck, Nick Saban, you know, at the clearest throat a couple of times in the press conference the other day. So, I mean, we're only human, but... Uh, other than that, I thought things went very well. The calls were good; they were energetic. Um, I, I thought everything went nicely. Uh,
1: I know you uh, appreciate the history and tradition of college football in general. What's it mean to you to be sitting at Bryant and Denny and have the Texas Longhorns come in for a regular season game?
7: Well, it's it's you know it's it's different. And it's the start of a new chapter, obviously. Uh, it's different because every time that we've played them, uh, in my lifetime, it's either been at a neutral site, you know, the Rose Bowl Stadium or something, or in Austin. Uh, but then after this, you know, they may well be back here in a year or two Would they, as they join the SEC or what have you. So, uh, you know, I do respect that, though. This is the first time they've been to Tuscaloosa since 1902 and you know they haven't played at bryant denny stadium uh, as we know it so uh yeah it's going to be real cool i uh, i've done a lot of interviews with stations in the uh austin texas area they're all psyched up about the ball game very much as bama was last year i'm told since i didn't do it i was sick but i'm told the, the excitement level was through the roof for the bama fans going to austin so uh, It should be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, both teams played uh, very well last weekend against somewhat lesser opponents. Uh, Texas played Rice and uh, Bama, of course, against Middle Tennessee. So um, its I'll tell you, we'll know a whole lot more about the ball club leaving the stadium Saturday night than we did, I think, leaving the stadium last Saturday night.
2: Eli Gold, uh, brought to us by Dex Imaging, your opinion of Jalen Milrow to this point?
7: Well, not surprised. You know, I couldn't talk about it with you uh, because, you know, I was in attendance at those closed scrimmages, and I really was not in a position to uh, share a lot of information with you. But what we saw last weekend is what we saw in those scrimmages. We saw quick, long passes. You know, he and Burton hooked up, in and I think it was the first scrimmage, uh, a couple of really long plays. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. The guy can run. He's a great athlete, Uh, so I, I wasn't shocked at all. Uh, from what I saw, not in the least,
2: Eli. Your research so far on Texas versus Alabama. What has it uncovered? What, what uh, is there something that you could say to the Alabama fans here that they should be very optimistic about going into this
7: game? Well, I think with a better team, let's start with that. That doesn't mean what we all necessarily want it to mean. Does it mean you're going to win? You know, there, there's no guarantees and. in in sports, in life, in anything. But uh, I think we are the better team. We've got good – now, the question of the wild cards, are the injuries in the secondary? Uh, That's going to be difficult to deal with if we don't have a full, healthy secondary. But uh, exclusive of that, you know, we can run. We've got good line play. We've got – I thought the tight ends played well, as we had talked about on one or two of your shows previously. So, um, yeah, all in all, I think uh, I think it's a game that certainly Alabama can win. Doesn't hurt that it's being played in Tuscaloosa. There's nothing wrong with with home field advantage, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a talented team. It really is. You know, you just got to see, as they always say, the biggest improvement in the season comes from week one to week two. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what this past week of practice has yielded getting ready for uh, the game on Saturday.
1: Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, our guest here on WNSP. Uh, speaking of playing in Tuscaloosa and how difficult it is, Kirk Herbstreit made an interesting comment. Uh, you've seen a lot of Alabama football games. Maybe you can help us out here. He contends that a number of teams – uh lose before they ever step on the field because they're intimidated by nick saban they're intimidated by the helmet the brand the jersey uh he now he said saturday that won't be the case texas will not be intimidated a lot of the reasons because of what happened last year and because steve sarkisian is sitting on that sideline i know that's a lot to digest there but what's your what's your reaction to those statements
7: well that's, I, I did hear that or, or read that and then hear him say it but I, I did read the uh the quote. You know, it's I, I don't know. I, I've not played. Uh I, I've never played, so I don't know how much of that comes in, you know, when I walked into a visiting broadcast booth, it it's no different for me other than the view. The sight lines might be different, but you know, it's it's just the next booth in the ongoing list of life. Um, I don't know how that affects the players. I really don't have a good frame of reference to that. Uh, Bama has played very well on the road over the years, uh, and they have also lost games on the road. I just like the fact that in all the years that Nick Saban has been in Tuscaloosa, he has lost eight home games. What is that, eight games in 17 years? I like the odds. Yeah. (laughs) I like Alabama's chances. I really do.
2: You know, when we talk about intimidation or so forth, a -hmm. lot of that, don't you think, has to do with the crowd noise, too? We see these teams go on the road and have to fight through the noise of the crowd, especially if they're going into that end zone where you've got, uh, you know, the noise disrupts your play calling and leads to these five-yard penalties. Yeah, with the five-yard penalties.
7: Yeah, no, there's no question. There's always that home field advantage. There's always that home field advantage. But uh, you know, the, Texas will be ready. They'll be well prepared. Sarkeesian, uh is a is a he's really an outstanding coach. I mean, Coach shaven is very impressed and really genuinely likes Steve Sarkeesian So. Uh, those guys are going to be prepared. But so is Alabama. and So is Alabama. So, uh, you know, I, I don't see where the world is going to change on its axis based on anything other than how good you are. You've got to play well against whoever you play. And, you know, hopefully, again, one of the, the biggest thing that we can't talk about because we don't know is the health of the secondary?
2: Uh, besides Milro, things that really impressed you with this Alabama <laughs> team last week, about the fact that it was Middle Tennessee, but still things that really played out.
7: Well, obviously the receiving core made some very nice plays. I thought uh, the tight ends, you know, played well. Uh, the kicking game, obviously, is 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 very good. Whether it's Talty or you know, Reichardt, who has been the, uh, the, the longtime kicker. Uh, I didn't see anything that was dreadful. You know, you watched the game, I'm sure. Uh, we didn't see anything that was dreadful by any stretch. It was just game one, getting a lot of timing down, getting a lot of things done. The big difference, like I said before, we'll know a whole lot more this weekend because of the improvements during the week. And with no disrespect, as you just said, no disrespect to Middle Tennessee, but Middle Tennessee is not the Texas Longhorns. The same way for Texas, you know, the Rice Owls are not the Alabama Crimson Tide. So both coaching staffs uh, have a lot of, are curious, I'm sure, about a lot of things going into the ball game Saturday.
2: What impresses you about Dex Imaging?
7: Well, everything about Dex Imaging impresses me. Their workmanship. I, I, You know, they serve as, they're an independent company. Dex, that means that they will give you whatever machine is best for you. I've moved from the Key Ocera to a Hewlett Packard uh, copier scanner, etc. the reason was they looked at how much I was using in different parts of different features, and they suggested that I change machines. But they came in. And they sat down with me and showed me. Ev- they knew. Ev- they knew features that I didn't even know existed. They knew everything, and that's what you want in a company upon which your business can, you know, maybe dealing. You've got to know how to do everything that that machine can do for you, and that's what Dex does. They've got it all down pat. They'll take care of you at a budget, at a budget you can afford. Dex Imaging, D E X. Dex Imaging and online DexImaging.com
1: Eli, great stuff, man. Tell Matthew McConaughey, hey, Forrest, uh, when you see him on Saturday, enjoy the game, and we'll we'll do it again next week.
7: Alright, take
1: care. That's Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. We're going to catch up with Dave McCrary, LCM Motorcars uh, and LCMMotorcars.com next. Jim Nagy's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Tom Luganville will join us at 8.20. We'll talk some Texas at 8.30 with Westcott Ebert of Burt Orange. Right, McConaughey's going to be there. He's going to be all over our TV.
3: He'll be if there. If you were him, wouldn't you be there? Yes. Me too.
1: Indeed I would.
3: All right, let's wrap up our number two.
1: So he going to be up, up in the upper deck with the band? No, no, no. That dude will be field level.
3: With his big belt buckle and cowboy hat on. I'm me, and I thought about being there, so I'm sure McConaughey will be there. You're going to go? Now yeah. I thought about it. Stay, Stay with us. Hey,
5: this is Jake Tilker, quarterback at
4: Alabama.
6: And while I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to WNSB. What's
0: that, opening kickoff continues on WNSP and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motorcars in Theodore
1: David McCrary LCM Motorcars LCMMotorcars.com joins us here on WNSP another big week of college football another big week at LCM Motorcars good morning David
8: Good morning yeah we've had a good week this week um traffic's actually picked up a little bit we've um All this heat's gone out of here. 95 degrees feels like 65 to everybody. (laughs) But let's talk about what I'm driving. Um, There's no reason that I still have this truck. It's a 2019 F-250 Platinum. It's got the 6.7 diesel in it. It's got 113,847 miles, and it is loaded up. And when I say a Platinum, it's got the Platinum Plus package as well. So that means it's got the panoramic sunroof. It's got brand-new tires all the way around that I put on it. Um, and there's no apologies. This truck's white with, um, burgundy interior leather and it's, it's nice. What's
1: happening? All right. So clearly it's not going to be there very long for people that need to get out there and take a look. When's the best time to to come see you?
8: We're there, um, eight to six Monday through Friday, nine to two on Saturdays. Um, you can, um, go to the website. There's good pictures of this truck on the website. Trucks and regular trucks and cars and everything on there as well. Or just come see us. We are one mile south of I-10, exit 15A, that's at Highway 90 and Plantation Road.
1: All right, and I need clarification. Can you confirm or deny there's some speculation that that, that crimson is not necessarily a color you can find in, in automobiles anymore? Can you clear clarify some of that for us?
8: Well, I'm pretty sure it's called Championship Red.
1: <laughs> that's what we call a softball. I just kind of lob it over there and you just kind of hit it out the park, David. Yeah, I think Lee likes that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for everything. We appreciate it. We'll be in touch.
7: Have a good rest of the weekend.
1: Yep, that's David McCrary, LCM Motorcars, LC Go check it out. They've got some great stuff on the lot. And the most important thing is if they don't have what you're looking
2: for, they will get it for you so go go make sure you uh, say hi to David when we get Jim Nagy on at uh, eight one of the reasons I wanted to book him he's an avowed Detroit Lions fan and who would have thought the Lions would be the opponent for the first game of the NFL season a team that hasn't won a playoff since I guess 1991 give or take a postseason playoff game so wanted to get his take plus they got that online voting now for the uh, 75th uh anniversary coming up for the uh the senior bowl but uh again uh, we didn't really get into this you guys on you wanted to venture you, michael you like to do this prediction super bowl two teams you think might be around for the super bowl this year
3: hmm Ooh. Uh, and you can
2: throw the patriots in there if you want
3: mm, i won't i won't he wants to but on he on won't that. i yeah i want to but i won't go out on that limb uh hmm I could see, I could honestly see a rematch of last year's, uh, but that probably won't happen. I'll go with San Francisco and Kansas City for now. By the way, I did. Predict the Super Bowl matchup last year in the preseason picks. No, uh,
2: we're not talking about last year now. Just this year.
3: Well, I'm just saying. You know, if you want to make a future bet on the on the Super Bowl, I don't Bowl, bet. I had it right last year. I I'm not, d- talking, not, to you. I'm no not talking
2: to you. Oh, to the fans yes. out there, your listeners, your yes. fan club I had out there. Chiefs
3: Eagles in preseason last year. Paul, his buddy Paul, is still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you play bad to the bone? You didn't put it on the sheet. I forgot.
2: All right. Okay. Mark, who do you like? Super Bowl, Saints, and who else?
1: Does, does <laughs> it really matter? I mean, Saints over. I'm only uh, kidding.
2: You, you you throw the two teams in there you want. I have, uh, man, I have no idea. Of course, uh, none, none, of us I was, none of us do. Uh,
1: I will go, just to be different, I'll go Bills. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I was going to go Niners, but. Damn it, Broner. Uh I'll switch I'll go, to the Bengals. I'll go uh, I'll go I'll go I'll go Eagles. I'll go Eagles
3: and uh
2: Bills Bills.
1: I tell you and right
3: now the Bills are not making the Super Bowl.
2: Nobody asked you. You yeah, had really, your change, Michael, Bronner. That's not fair. Yeah,
3: that's not fair.
2: That's like, I just asked him for a prediction. You don't have to jump on somebody the poor else guy. Getting,
1: somebody else get triple G in
2: here. That's I'm like, more. I'm more so trying to jump on the Bills. That's than that's Mark. like that's like kicking sand in his face after he fell down. my gosh! I just asked him for a prediction. Well, Who we got a comment
3: in the app predicting the Bills too. I'm out on the Bills. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm done with them. Do the Bill? Are, okay. Do the Bills win the AFC
2: East? Probably. Over Miami and over the Jets and, of course, over the Patriots.
3: Well, I think Miami's going to finish last in the division, but that's a whole separate discussion. Uh, Probably, but only with, like, 11 wins. It's going to be a close division.
2: I like Kansas City. It's not a safe pick because teams rarely get back. I'll go with Kansas City. Like, they've won with two Super Bowls in the last five years. They got the best quarterback in the league. And the tendency, to I think the Eagles are the best team on paper, but the chance of a rematch is so rare. So mm. I'll pick the 49ers. You know what's going to be cool? Is- but I, Here's my problem. But Brock Purdy is their starting quarterback coming off an injury, and he, he's he got such a small resume now. Is he, is he that good that he can take the 49ers, a team that's surrounded by a really great team? But can he take him all the way?
3: I don't know. Garoppolo took him to a Super Bowl. I don't think Purdy's any worse. You know it's going to be cool when the Eagles lose week one? Two. <laughs> they play in New England. Hmm. It's Brady Day. They're bringing back Brady to, like, retire his jersey and honor him, yada, yada. Do yada. you
2: think... If things don't go well in the first half, they might entice him to get out there and wear that (laughs) uniform in the second half.
3: I I think you're not going to be the only person to say that (laughs) if if things are going poorly. I can see the Twitter jokes flying. Put Brady in the game. Yeah,
2: is that fair to Mac Jones, that poor guy, if things don't go well in the first half and people start chanting, we want Brady? It's
3: pretty brutal that they're having Brady Day against Philly with an offensive line that's a little bit injured against that pass rush week one with brady in the building back might have a rough go of it it they're not really putting him in the best of spots there with, with Philly week one. You
1: really want to put him in a corner. What you need to do is when you do this presentation, Brady's not on the field, but when you introduce him, he comes running out, but he's in full uniform. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, can you imagine? And people the f- would go absolutely nuts.
2: Can you nuts? imagine the fans, though, in the second half, if the Patriots get off to a slow start offensively, maybe a touchdown or field goal, we want Brady, it's we gonna want Brady. It, it's going to happen.
3: Patriots fans bother me like that, too.
2: Whole family going to be there, or you're just an, Tom? You're
3: an irritable young man, Mr. Brown. Oh, this Bronner. whole zappy thing last year was annoying. Uh, Yeah, I'm irritable. I'm an irritable. You are. Bar,
2: by man. the way, he's not, moody. he's not the backup now, is he, zappy? He got zapped.
3: Uh, Well, he got cut and re-signed to the practice squad. But who's so, the guy they brought in, though? Matt, they cut Matt Corral.
2: So Matt Corral's the backup now, right?
3: Well, we'll it, it's kind of between the two of them. Uh, I would think that they're going to elevate Zappi for week one from because the, they got that weird emergency quarterback. And how much of a different
2: – we'll find out. Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, the former Crimson Tide offensive coordinator, running the show now offensively for the Patriots. I'm
1: sure that's how Patriots fans uh, – uh, uh, acknowledge him as the former Alabama offensive coordinator uh,
3: I, well former Patriots offensive coordinator too uh yeah uh it can't get much worse than it was last year from an offensive coordinator standpoint so it can only go up from here I think I'm cheering against the Patriots yeah. just to see the anxiety in Bronner uh, I know you are
2: you know just and so we know you
1: can come in miserable and we
2: know you're not cheering against alabama since you're also an alum so you're not Mm, gonna use that
1: lee he's cheering against
2: alabama no he's not
1: haven't you heard i'm anti-alabama he's anti-alabama
2: and i'm pro-auburn and (laughs) (laughs) pro-auburn oh that's you gotta be that's good who said that you did or is that an apper oh yeah i think people say it all the time okay and me so gung-ho auburn um speaking auburn why aren't we talking auburn today lee because You're anti-Auburn guy. No, because I tried to get some Auburn people on, and they turned me down. <laughs> Jim Nagy's next. How's was? that?
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hime, Lee Schervanian, and Michael Brawner. The The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee,
1: and Michael. 805, hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on a very busy Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, and Braun are here
2: in the studios of WNSP for the final time this week, Lee. How about that? Yeah, because we'll be on the road tomorrow. We'll be on the road on Monday. We'll be back here on Tuesday. We've got uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior. Well, I couldn't think of anybody better on the opening night of the NFL season with the Detroit Lions playing the opening game. Jim, good morning. How are you today?
9: Good morning, Lee.
2: Who saw this one coming with the Lions, a team that hasn't won a playoff game, my gosh, in years, how do you feel about this, being an avowed Lions fan, opening up against the Chiefs? Of course, you work with the Chiefs for a number of years, too.
9: Well, I heard you when I was driving in, um, and you said they haven't won a playoff game since 91, which is correct. But they hadn't won one before that since 57. Ouch. So you're talking about <laughs> a that. franchise has won one playoff game since 1957. So when I hear other fan bases like the Browns and the Jets, like, bellyache about their franchise, the Jets at least won Super Bowl three with Namath. The Browns at least went to you know a bunch of AFC Championship games with Marty Schottenheimer. Um, yeah, the Detroit Lions, this franchise is uh, as bad as it gets. But I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see him in this game. Um, there's a you know they're riding some really good momentum coming out of the end of last year. Uh, you know, I think Dan Campbell kind of uh endeared himself to to the uh NFL community last year on hard knocks and and they play hard for the guys. So again, they're they're in Arrowhead. They got Patrick Mahomes. I d I don't know what Travis Kelsey's gonna do or not, but uh toll order on opening night. There's gonna be a lot of emotion in the building. They're gonna be raising the banner in Arrowhead. But uh but it's cool. It's it's a sign of progress. I just hope it's not the uh Lions fans say SOL, same old Lions. I hope they don't Hope they don't come out tonight and lay an egg.
2: Hey Jim, I gotta ask you, uh I started following the NFL back in the late fifties. Was Tobin wrote the quarterback or Bobby Lane when they won that game in fifty seven?
9: It was actually a championship game. It was Bobby Lane, I believe. Um but yeah, so it's been it's been one one playoff game. The ninety they won a ninety one playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. Like thirty eight to six. They spanked them. Barry went nuts. Um and it's been a long time ever. It's been a long time since. So uh, I know everyone's picking them this year to win the North. I I hope that I hope that comes to fruition and they and they get there. You know they were just down here coaching in the game a couple years ago. So uh, it's been a nice turnaround for them.
1: Jim, don't encourage him with facts from the 1950s. Why Why do you do that to me? You're killing me over here.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so why why? Why do teams like Detroit? You mentioned Cleveland. Why is it so hard to 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 get not only to the playoffs but win win a playoff game in a in a league that
9: is designed for parity? Um, simple question. I would say bad bad ownership. Um, you know, Meddleton ownership ownership that doesn't hire good football people and let them do their jobs. I mean, <laughs> that that's, that's the easiest answer. Um, you look around the league and there's, you know, the stable franchises, the you know, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, now the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they, they're, they're the same teams are in it every year. And the and the consistent thing is, is ownership. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately for Detroit, um, it's taken a few Fords. A few of the Fords have passed on. Um, and now they've got it in the hands of uh, Sheila Ford, and uh, she's doing a really good job. She's hired. She's hired some good people, and she's letting them do their work.
2: Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim, I tossed this question to Mark and Michael. I know it's early. It's it's a hard thing to predict, but uh, team two teams that you think might make it to the Super Bowl this year.
9: I knew this was coming, Lee. You love you love the prediction stuff. Um, I heard you on the way in. I, I will say probably the Eagles. I just think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big chip on his shoulder. Uh, I'm getting so close last year, so I'd probably go there. And then uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're, uh, they've are they been getting close. They've been knocking on the door. You know, they got there a couple years ago and lost. I just, uh, I'm just i just a big Joe Burrow believer. So um, I'll go Bengals-Eagles for this year.
2: Before we go on to college football, talk about the fan online poll going on now with the Senior Bowl and what it means.
9: Yeah, so we got the 75th team vote uh, rolled out Monday. It's been really cool. Uh, Some big schools, Alabama, Michigan, a bunch of NFL teams, uh, Falcons, Patriots, Ravens, Broncos have all helped us get that word out. Um, I spent Monday morning just texting a bunch of guys, bunch of guys on the ballot Derek brooks and richard sherman and patrick willis a bunch of guys have, have jumped on and helped us try to promote this thing and uh yeah we're getting thousands and thousands of votes which is great um and the cool thing is it's just not a, a team vote we're bringing these guys back to mobile so i hope everyone locally votes for the votes for the players they want to see come back here and be part of the 75th team and that's that's on senior so it's really easy to find it's up there at the top of the home page and uh log on it takes you know probably takes less than two minutes to vote you just roll through every position group and and uh click on your favorite guys so it should be it's going to be a, a great event obviously probably the most star-studded thing the city of mobile ever seen uh when we have this gala on friday night during game week bringing these 40 guys back so uh it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun in the office because we can kind of see the results as they come in um and then we're also going to have a I'm going to have an executive poll of of NFL general managers and then some former guys. I'm going to have like Jimmy Johnson, uh, you know, Bill Polian, Charlie Casserly, um, kind of a kind of a, um, you know, retired GM council, too. And we'll and we'll put all that stuff together and to pick the team.
2: As we look down the road with the Alabama Texas game coming up this weekend and what kind of impact could that have on the senior bowl this coming year?
9: They've got more Texas has more players on the watch list than Alabama does. I think Texas has twelve. I think Alabama has ten. Um, I'll be up there. It's I heard you talking to Paul Feinbaum. This this game could go in a lot of different directions. You can I could talk myself into both, you know, picking either team to win. Texas is really talented. I was there three weeks ago for a night practice inside the stadium and they uh they're loaded. I mean if, if, if I'm a Texas fan, I love the matchup on the perimeter. You've got a an Alabama defense that Lost four um, defensive backs to the National Football League. I mean, four of those guys that were on that team last year, including Eli Ricks, who wasn't even drafted, um, made 53-man roster. So they're not there anymore, and they're they've got to match up against a really talented skill group on the perimeter for Texas. So that's a matchup that's clearly in Texas's favor. Um, but then you just talk about the environment in Bryant Denny. That place is going to be electric. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a really good matchup. But they, this is you know I think this Texas team is is ready for this game. And you, as you can imagine, the loss last year has probably hung with them all offseason. So they've been looking forward to this little revenge game. So this should be a really good one.
1: So h- how important, if, if that's the case, and I think most people would agree with you with that, the receiver-slash-DB kind of competition there, how important is it for Kevin Steele's guys to get pressure on Quinn Ewers and not give him time to throw? And is that, is that Texas offensive line uh, seasoned enough to, to handle that defensive front from Alabama?
9: yeah you know i watched the alabama defensive line i watched the alabama defense from last week against middle tennessee and it's like it's hard to get a lot of takeaways with middle tennessee and rice the two opponents for those two teams last week um you know outside of dallas turner there's there there was not a lot of pressure there um but i don't know a lot about texas's offensive line they've only got one senior um christian jones the right tackle is a is a late draftable player, but I don't I I don't know much about the other front, but that will be the key. I mean if you let Ewer sit back there um without pressure, I mean he's gonna pick you apart. The kid is the kid is really talented and then if they knock him out of the game they've got a much better backup to bring in the game this year than they had last year too. So um there's there's some matchups that favor that favor Texas in this game, and I think the wild card is is Milrow. Um and and just can Texas defend his speed. That Texas has a really good, really good senior off the ball linebacker Ford, um, who's at the top of our near the top of our board at linebacker here for the Senior Bowl. I I can't see any way where he won't be in Mobile in February, um, and he's going to have to do a good job tracking down Jalen Milrow because just that running element is. Uh, something texas hasn't seen um i mean we're talking about the fastest guy in the alabama program um so um that's going to be texas's main goal is just contain that guy
2: jim is there anything about california you can tell us about as far as what they match up against auburn this coming saturday night
9: not not a ton uh lee and i haven't seen auburn either i was driving to the two lane south alabama game when alabama and auburn were both playing last week so i i haven't had a chance to, to watch the tape i know that uh, we've got a former senior bowl uh, scout here that's that's the uh, head of recruiting for Cal now. And he told me about a few of their players, but big picture, I, I don't really know what they have. And again, they played North Texas last week. We had a scout at that game, um, but he was just looking at the senior prospects. So for the overall team with Cal, I, I can't help you a lot there. Uh,
1: Any plans on extending an invitation to this year's senior bowl to one Matthew McConaughey, if you see him on the sidelines this Saturday?
9: Well, um this won't be the this won't be the first time I've been on a on a field with Matthew McConaughey. If you guys remember the movie uh We Are Marshall. Yes. I was I was at they did the world premiere of We Are Marshall in um Charleston, West Virginia the night before, like a Thursday night Marshall game. And then if you've ever seen Marshall before, they've got a big um I guess, you know, they're the thundering herd. I guess they have a big bison. He rides in on a motorcycle. And for this game, the next day after the world premiere, um, Matthew McConaughey came out on the motorcycle with the bison guy. So he was on the field during pregame. And then walking up to the press box, there was a chain-link fence. And I was kind of following following behind Matthew McConaughey to go up to the press box. And there, I'll never forget, there were women with little children. So these women were, I'm guessing, married. Um, and had husbands, and they were pressed against this chain link fence, like they were seeing the Beatles or the Backstreet Boys or Justin Bieber, um, just like screaming, <laughs> almost in tears. Um, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that night um, in Huntington, West Virginia. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know if he's going to be there. I'm guessing he'll probably be there. I guess I'm guessing he won't miss a big game like that.
1: And I'm sure he's not saying. And I'm sure he's saying this. Will, this will be the second time I've been on the field with the executive director of the recent Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy.
9: Um, uh, I'm sure.
1: Yep. Hey, have a great trip, man. Enjoy the game. It should be a good one. We look forward to doing it again. Thanks for the time.
9: Yeah, guys, thanks. It'll, it'll be a good one.
1: Yep. That's Jim Nagy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're coming back with Tom Luganville, uh, and then we'll talk some Texas with uh, Westcott Ebert of Burnt Orange. So stay with us. There's plenty left here on a Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff.
4: Time boxing analyst Steve Farhood,
5: and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNST. Behind me, we You think going
0: to be able to get to Coach
1: 8:22. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. We're just uh, humming along here on a Thursday. Thanks for joining us.
2: A special guest coming on right now we're so glad that he is still around tom Luganville and tom's been with us many times it's been a while and uh, he's with espn he was on the sideline of the duke Clemson game and i think many of you who watched that game at the end uh, surrounded by thousands tom did you make it out okay without any uh, injuries or anything
4: I came out unscathed, guys. Good morning to you. How are you? Wonderful. I was worried. I'm serious. I was
2: worried about you when those fans were so close to the field, and, and you did a heck of a job in finding Elko to even interview him. How did, who helped you out on that?
4: Uh, nobody. <laughs> um, you know, that's one of those scenarios. I'll give you a little background on it. So, Sometimes those those situations can get dangerous because your handheld camera that's on the sideline is generally going to conduct the interview with me and give you that angle. But when you have a, a situation like that from a production standpoint, you, you generally call that off just because it's not safe. You know, those cameras aren't wireless. There's about 500 feet of thick cable and somebody's reeling it out and, and reeling it in and trying to get through that crowd. Crowd just isn't safe. So I knew... Getting to the handshake was would would be somewhat of a challenge, and I and I didn't know I knew one of our up cameras was going to be, you know, taking in the interview, but I didn't know which one. Now, what happened is, is my earpiece, which has a cord coming out of the back of my collar and going down into the the radio that's on my my waist. So I'm going through the crowd and trying to get to the handshake, and the cable. Pops out of the back of my earpiece, so I lose the broadcast. Oh, sh- so now I'm in the middle of this chaos, and I cannot hear Dave or Dusty. I can't hear my producer. It's it's blank. So I get to Coach. Finally, I realize it, and I look down at the ground, and I can see the cable is dangling down my right leg, and I grab it real quickly. And I pop it back in, and right as I pop it back in, I can hear Dave going, "Hey, Lugs, do we got you? Are you down there?" And then off we went. So the timing of finding the cable worked out very nicely.
3: Well,
1: I got to be honest, man, the the video of you running out on the field is pretty impressive. It looked like you uh, probably more of a sprinter than a, a marathoner. You got out there quick. You had to you had to hesitate. You had that little hezzy move. Uh, to try to find and locate your target. So the rest of the guys kind of caught up to you. But, man, you were quick out of the gates. It was a pretty impressive
4: start. Well, I figure I was, I was backed by, you know, 2,000 people that got no less than a 1,400 on the SAT. So I figured my athleticism would outweigh their academia.
2: Yeah. Tom Luganville, ESPN sideline reporter, have you ever been in a situation like that where it looked pretty scary watching it on TV? Even the commentator or, or the uh, broadcasters said as much because those fans were right on top of you. Had you been in a situation like that as a sideline reporter before, Tom?
4: Yeah, I, uh, I had Baylor and TCU in an ice storm one year. On Friday after Thanksgiving, it was a night game. And when I say an ice storm, I'm talking like it was, it was raining ice. It was sleeting the whole night. It was like 36 degrees, miserable conditions. And it was Baylor-TCU. Baylor was ranked, like, really high. It was at TCU. I think Baylor might have been 10th-ranked team in the country. TCU beat them, and they rushed the field. And it was a grass field. It wasn't turf. So you can imagine just the mud, the muck, the cold, the wind. That was way more difficult than than Monday night was, and I think the thing that was interesting about about Monday night to me is how polite those students were. Think about that; they let all of those kids out of the stands with two minutes to go in the yeah. game, and not one of them tried to run on the field. Yeah, like they all like stayed where they were supposed to. If that would have been in other location. There's no way they would have been able to control all of that. And it was just like all of those kids just decided to play by the rules. It was kind of funny.
1: No, and and what was great was it's great content for you, but at some point you have to be thinking in the back of your mind, this could go horribly wrong. (laughs) Like this this could be mass cast. My job just got exponentially tougher to do, right?
5: Yeah, and
4: I'll tell you where I miscalculated, because I've been joking with people who everybody's been asking me about it. I've been joking with people. I was like, I was like the guy in the play call on defense. I'm the spy, right? Yeah. And I got to find my guy. And when I got him, I go directly to him. What I did a bad job of is I didn't think Mike Elko would run as fast to the center of the field as he did. I figured he'd get mobbed by his own players. He'd hug a couple of coaches, right? Maybe somebody throw a Gatorade bath on him. Something to that effect that would maybe slow his movement to the middle of the field. He didn't do that. So he takes off. So I took a bad angle, had to keep my head on a swivel, if you will. And once I saw that he was way further along than I thought he was, that was when it just kind of became linebacker mode. I didn't care who was in front of me. I didn't care if they were a player. I didn't care if they were a fan. I didn't care if they were a coach. I had one job and one job to do. And that was to get to that handshake.
2: Tom, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up Riley Leonard. We covered him in high school. He's the favorite son of ours. He's been in studio. I, and I know we got less than about a minute and a half to get this in, but uh, your thoughts on Riley Leonard?
4: Just number, number one, what a great kid. So unassuming. I don't think he has any idea what's coming for him in the future. He's about to. Um Great kid, phenomenal athlete, and when we were preparing for this game, and you know, I've had an offseason where I you know, do a lot of radio and do a lot of TV, and we're, you know, we're prognosticating, I kept telling people, and I said in my opening comments on air, if you haven't seen Riley Leonard, you're going to like him, because this dude played lights out a year ago. Um, and, and really, you know, that game the other night, most games are lost, not won. Clemson basically made a lot more errors than Duke did, but when Duke needed to make that one play in the quarterback run game, they did, and that's kind of what lit the fuse. But that kid's got a very bright NFL future. Whenever that day comes,
1: Tom, can't thank you enough, man. Great stuff. We appreciate the time. We're gonna do it again soon. I hope. Make sure you stretch before the next game. Maybe take some Advil prior to and after, and uh, stay loose.
4: Oh, by the by the way, guys, I was in Cowboy Loose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the plot thickens. Hey. <laughs> Even more impressive. Uh, you're a five-star in our, in our book, Tom. Thanks so much. <laughs>
0: See
1: you, guys. Yep. All right, Chick-fil-A and uh, Texas Talk next, right here on the sports station, WNSP.
0: Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat that seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick fil A.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's your chance at some fried deliciousness, courtesy of WNSP.
2: Question today has to do with college football. Name the last unranked college football team that won a national championship. The last unranked, going into the season, unranked to emerge as a national championship team. If you know the answer, give Michael a call at 694-1055. And we're going to continue to talk about Texas and Alabama with Westcott Eberts out of burnt orange. Westcott, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. How are you today?
6: Well, you know, I'm doing pretty well, but uh, suddenly I'm hungry after that Chick-fil-A commercial.
1: Well, that's that's the that's the goal here. So uh consider us uh, consider our mission accomplished.
2: Are you more hungry for that than the Texas team is for win over Alabama?
6: Uh man, I think the Texas team needs this win over Alabama more than I need some Chick-fil-A, for sure.
2: What makes you think they can get it?
6: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that I'm not sure that Alabama is as good as they've been, you know, in the last few years. They've been really remarkable in the amount of um, just the quality of quarterback play that they've had uh, dating back, you know, to, uh, you know, since Jacob Coker, they've had an incredible run there. Um, I think Jalen Milrow is extremely talented, but, um, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to get the quality of play and then uh, just a lot of turnover for Alabama right now. And I think, um, you know, Texas fans have really been circling this year. Uh, for a while now, with the way that the roster is peaking and, and Steve Sarkeesian uh, really getting all these pieces in place, uh, some staff continuity for Texas, something that they really haven't had for a few years. So, you know, I think the expectations are really high at Austin, higher than they've been, um, you know, according to the preseason media poll since they played for the national championship against Alabama in 2009. And, you know, I think uh, some big questions uh, surrounding whether Nick Saban can keep his program at the incredible level that it's been out for so long there in Tuscaloosa.
2: During his press conferences, uh, Nick Saban did refer to the fact that they may be banged up a little in the defensive secondary. How would this play out for Texas, known for its passing game?
6: Yeah, I think the big question for the Texas passing game is whether they can really get Quinn Ewers and, and his downfield accuracy to come online. You know, in that first quarter last year in Austin against Alabama, he had that. 46-yard pass to Xavier Worthy down the sideline right before he got injured. Um, you know, that was really the, the peak of, of Quinn Ewers in the downfield passing game for Texas last year. Um, last weekend against Rice, he was 0 for 6 on throws. that were 20-plus yards downfield. That was a huge point of emphasis for Texas in the offseason. And the hope was that bringing in A.D. Mitchell from Georgia would really help bolster that. Xavier Worthy also played through a broken hand through a lot of last season. Uh, So I think for Texas to be able to go in and and get a road win, um, you know, in Tuscaloosa, I I think they're really going to need to connect, um, you know, on on some long passes. And that's something that, um, you know, they really haven't been able to do uh, since last year in Austin with that play that I mentioned.
1: There's a lot of talk about um, whether or not teams come into tuscaloosa intimidated uh kirk Herbstreit said yesterday texas is not one of them uh a lot of that has to do with the success that they had last year i also think that's why texas fans to your point are so confident because they 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 believe more than probably more more now than ever that they can get this done um i am curious though how do you feel like Texas is going to react to that environment. It was obviously something that disrupted Alabama a year ago. Do you think the same will hold true this Saturday?
6: I think Texas needs to get off to a solid start and and certainly, you know, having a number of coaches, Steve Sarkisian, Jeff Bank, uh, Bo Davis, all guys who have uh, coached in Tuscaloosa before. They know what the environment is going to look like. Uh, A fair number of, of veterans, you know, on this Texas team who have Certainly been in some tough road environments. Uh, nothing like they're going to see on Saturday night in Alabama. But you know, I think the key for for any type of road game like this is really to be able to come out and be able to play strong in the first quarter, uh, just to really quiet that crowd down a little bit. Uh, you know, be able to establish a little bit of a comfort level. But you know, I think certainly you know in these types of environments, you know, Texas is you know making mistakes early. You know, false starts, pre-snap penalties that. Sarkeesian has really been focused on um, in the last few weeks since they had some struggles in their first scrimmage of preseason camp, you know, a turnover early. And I think those are things that, you know, Texas really has to avoid or otherwise, you know, those momentum swings in favor of the home team are just so huge in games like this.
2: Wes Scott Ebert says with Burn Orange, we don't like to really talk about this, but you can't help but overlook the fact that in the recent games, and there haven't been many, Texas-Alabama, the Texas starting quarterback, has been knocked out of the game. We saw it last year. We saw it in '09. 9 If, unfortunately, that is the case, who backs up the quarterback yours? And I also, as a second part, does Arch Manning travel with the team, or is he being totally red-shirted, or just what's the story with him? Yeah, that's a
6: that's a good question on, on Arch Manning. Um, I would expect that he would travel with the team. He's obviously been engaged in a a backup quarterback competition with uh, Malik Murphy, redshirt freshman out of California. Uh, Murphy was the guy who played against Rice last week. Uh, Looks like he's ahead in in that competition right now. Uh, They're listed as co-starters. Murphy's first. Uh, He's a guy who really has just a a cannon of an arm, Um, but you know, really kind of a little bit of an unknown for Texas fans right now. Didn't play a ton in high school. Uh, Been kind of injured uh, for a lot of the time that he's been in Texas, but you know, he's a guy that has big-time arm talent, uh, so he would be the first guy to come in the game. But, you know, I think just sort of uh, some of that drama that you're talking about with uh, Texas quarterbacks going down is hanging over this game. And, um, you know, I think the bottom line with that is that, you know, Alabama from 2009 until now has been an extremely physical football team. And, you know, they get shots at the quarterback in the pocket. Um, you know, they, they bring those hits with a lot of violence.
2: Uh, Wescott, let me ask you also, uh, is there a running back comparable to what you had last year in Robinson?
6: No, and and there's not really a running back comparable to, um, you know, to Rochon Johnson, the backup either. Those guys were extremely elite in the, over the last decade in college football, um, being able to break tackles. Uh, that covered up, you know, some growing pains from an offensive line that had a lot of young pieces last year. Uh, you know, C.J. Baxter, number one running back in the country, 2023 recruiting class. Uh, he really flashed on his last run against Rice before he left with a bit of a rib issue. He was back in practice. Um, Jonathan Brooks, the third teamer last year, uh, is the co-starter there running back. Uh, but Texas uh, just doesn't doesn't have the same talent. You know, Deion Robinson and Roshan Johnson were just really incredible talents. They're going to be really difficult to replace. And Texas needs the offensive line to perform much better than it did last week against Rice, uh, when they had some issues, especially in that first half, you know, against a a tough Alabama front. And, you know, they're really going to have to rely on the offensive line to create some holes for those running backs because those running backs aren't going to be able to break tackles like the two guys that they had in the backfield last year for Texas.
2: All right. On the other side of the ball, the defense, uh, and and any concerns you have with the Milrow quarterbacking Alabama against the Texas defense?
6: Yeah, for sure. You know, I think there's still some question marks about where he is in his development as a passer. You know, has a lot of arm talent. Um, but, you know, where he's extremely dynamic is uh, quarterback run plays, off-schedule plays, and I think Texas um, is going to be extremely concerned about that, probably more concerned about that single aspect of the Alabama offense than any other. Uh, Texas has some issues with their the integrity of their pass rush lanes. Uh, last weekend against Rice, J.T. Daniels is not a mobile quarterback. He is not able to take advantage of that. If they get out of their rush lanes against Jalen Milrow, um, he, he's going to be able to take advantage of that. So Texas has to play, play sound. They have to play disciplined. Um, they have to populate the football and then one-on-one opportunities in the open field. They have to get Jalen Milrow on the ground, and that's no easy task.
1: Hey, man, before we let you go, I'm going to throw you a curveball. How much of a storyline is Elijah Lauren, the uh, texas cheerleader that's gotten some headlines there across the country there for her um i guess enthusiasm would be the best word to put it i
6: actually um haven't seen anything about that i'm sorry oh really
1: interesting okay well uh all i'm saying is apparently she picked up a bunch of uh, uh social media followers here in the in the last week after the game against rice so i think people were just commenting on how uh she was in mid-season form. We'll just put it like that.
6: we well, I'll have to check that out. Yeah,
1: I, I suppose so. Hey, how can people uh, continue to follow your coverage as they prepare for Alabama?
6: Yeah, uh, check out the website, birdorigination.com, always free. Uh, find me on Twitter, SBN underscore dot w e s d o t t.
2: Hey,
1: man, we appreciate the time. Uh, have a safe trip, and uh, we'll talk soon. All
6: right, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep.
2: We're so can, we're, we can watch this game. Where huh? can we watch this? Game? It's it's
1: a, it's a great question, and because if you're not going, and and many of you aren't, we have the solution for you. It's our WNSP Alabama watch party, and in fact, it's going on Saturday at the Outsider Downtown Mobile. Just by getting, just by going in, you're probably going to get a free complimentary WNSP t-shirt, but you can also enter to win an alabama football jersey courtesy of the vault got a lot of great deals going on at the outsider first of all they got 22 tvs so they got you covered for sure um they're gonna have beer specials food specials you name it um they're gonna do music during the commercials there's gonna be a lot of entertainment and there is a post game party so what's not to like so go cheer on your favorite team with uh, some folks with uh some similar taste, and come on, check it out. The WNSP Alabama watch party at the Outsider in downtown Mobile. What are the chances, by the way, in this game Saturday? Do we have a deal where maybe Milro isn't playing well? Maybe he gets nicked up. You bring in Buckner. Buckner. Different style of play catches Texas off guard. Alabama winds up pulling away at the end. What are the chances of a kind of Jalen Hurts, J- Hurts <laughs> to a scenario playing out in in game two of the season right off the bat?
3: And this offense with Milro at quarterback is really not built to play from behind. Right. I mean, I think if if Texas goes up 14 or you're in some trouble at yeah. that point. Like, if you have to throw— th- like uh, someone said in the app yesterday, in an ideal world, Alabama's throwing the ball 20 times in this game. So if you're in a spot where you're down 14-0 early, and milroe has got to win the game with his arm, mm, I'm not feeling great, and I don't know. Maybe I don't. And again, it depends how he's looking at how, like Chris Stewart said last week, like how do those drives that they're not scoring on look? Like you know, could they have been drops? Could they have been offensive penalties? Or is it just Milro not playing well? I, you know, I think it more goes into it than that. But at the same time, it's like this team with Jalen Milro at quarterback is not exactly uh, an offensive juggernaut that's going to be able to make a comeback from down multiple scores with Milro's arm. So, so I they got to set the So does really. that
1: mean if for some reason if Alabama gets down two scores or so, that we will see we could potentially see a change of pace at quarterback?
2: I wouldn't be just, shocked just to open up the offense. A little I don't bit. think anything would happen until after halftime, but I could see it happening if they get down, like you're saying, two scores or more, and maybe go to a guy that's probably. And I say this, I don't really know because I haven't seen them quarterback. None of us have. Maybe a better passer than Milrow. Maybe. Well,
1: uh, I, I I hope for that storyline because you know me and storylines. I love me some storylines. How much? How who would you want would to be? see
2: them turn to the, could, uh, w- of, the three, of the other three of the other three? Who would you Still want? At
1: Lonergan, the freshman.
2: Put the fresh, the true freshman in?
1: Yes. But I would who who wouldn't pay money to watch Nick Saban in that post game? Where you have to put in shrugs a, his shoulders, yes. Yeah. How about that? Huh? Yeah,
2: <laughs> or, or how about him coming off at halftime if he's trailing and being asked that question? Ooh,
3: someone's got to ask him, Hey, is there and gonna that be that? Would switch? be Holly
2: Rowe, right? Uh, we were talking about this that yeah. she's gonna be on the sideline. I
3: gotta go back and watch his halftime interview if he was even interviewed at halftime of the national championship against Georgia before he put to it, and if they asked him anything about the quarterback, they might have just asked Kirby a question, I can't remember. Uh, but. It'd be interesting to go back and look because, I mean, that was the thing. You know, people were saying, all right, like it might be time to put two. I mean, Jalen, let's be honest, was playing terrible uh, You like
2: storylines. Any chance you'd really like to see Arch Manning in this game? Of course.
3: It's not going to happen. Not going to happen, right? I'm I'm out on Arch Manning. I don't know if we've talked about that. He stinks. Ah, it's early to say that. Uh, I'd say it's a lot early to say that. He hasn't even taken a snap (laughs) yet. he He was bad in the spring game, so I'm out on him.
2: Boy, it doesn't take much to get on your bad Gross side. Gross
3: mechanics and a noodle arm. Oh, I'm out on the kid.
2: God, I can imagine when you leave the show, that Shervanian stinks. He blew the name. Oh, he doesn't wait till he leaves. Oh, he does it no, during the show. That, that's oh, kind okay, of what we I talked see. about at the break. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, all right. right, yeah, That's see. the youth of today. No respect.
3: Arch will transfer before he starts a game at Texas. To where? I don't know.
2: Wherever. Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Probably. Because they're losing their quarterback.
1: Yeah, Probably. Uh, what better place than
3: the great fine city of Mobile? Yeah, so how about we take we take Arch here. I'll put in a good word for him. We'll I don't see. know. You just called him a kid with a noodle arm. That's I mean, not, not exactly. Well, a Carter has a cannon, but I, we'll take. A, I'll put in. I'll put in a word for Arch. Would it be
2: something if he, if in fact that ever happened, he transferred back to his home city, Tulane?
3: Ooh, that'd be something.
2: I mean, as far as a storyline mark loves his story well of course there's no room at old miss they got what three or four quarterbacks at old miss there's no room for them all right one
1: final segment stay with us the opening kickoff
3: hey this is david morris of qb country when i'm in my car always have it tuned in to 105.5 wnsp the sports station
1: Segment from the studio this week. That's right. Tomorrow we are on the road. We're gassing up Air Sports One for the Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School Game Day. We are headed to uh, Viger High School. How about that? We're
2: going to be out at a Viger for the very, very first time. Uh, they're off to a good start. Uh, we're going to be, I, I, well, we'll find out later. We may be positioned near the new stadium. They had their first game there. They're playing Citronelle tomorrow night. We're going to be talking to one of my favorites, K.J. May. Remember him at Murphy? Sure. He's been on the show. A former Patriot. How about that? Former Patriot. I'm waiting. What's that? <laughs> uh, a former New England Patriot. K.J. May is going to be on the show. He's the offensive coordinator for the Vigor Wolves. Uh, played his football at Murphy and then Minnesota and had quite a career. And then he got in a little bit with uh, – we'll talk to him about that later on in the show after we talked to uh, coach cook a couple of the players one of, is already uh committed to south alabama uh the pro football hall of famer himself probably Viger's most famous alum are certainly right he has he'd have to be his pro football hall of famer robert Brazil's is going to join us and then mark and i and those available will be talking about the uh, games to be played on saturday Mark, as you can see, not much of a college football schedule leading into Saturday, not like it was last week. I think that has something to do with the pro football game tonight. Murray State and Ooh. Louisville, I think, is the only game. And then tomorrow, it's like Illinois and Kansas. But obviously, a whole bunch of games to talk about, namely Texas and Alabama on uh, Saturday. And we'll be uh, dissecting that game for our listeners. Yeah, I'm actually...
1: Uh, the. Obviously, Texas-Alabama. I'm curious about Colorado-Nebraska for obvious reasons. I really like that Ole Miss-Tulane game. Say. And then
2: um, the cur- Curiosity is going to keep me up all night watching Auburn and Cal. I hope I can stay up all night. Would you call me just to wake me up just I in will. case? I will call you. you Mike, you'll do that for me? Yes, I will. I appreciate that because I I usually don't do well on those 9, 30, 10 o'clock games. I, I, really I can't
1: don't. remember the last 9, 30 game where I'm like, I'm going to sit here and, like, (laughs) I want to watch that game. Like, I I don't even – I'm not even talking about sitting through it. I I don't remember the last time I said –
2: Oh, they don't start till nine thirty. I'm having to make a note. That's always if you go back in history. That's always been the knock
3: on the Pac-12. You I'm gonna call you at halftime or <laughs> uh, the first call? quarter. How about the first quarter? <laughs>
1: make sure, you make should, sure you're away. dude. Just dial like every three uh, minutes. Yeah. Just call it. So
2: <laughs> that's always been the knock against the Pac-12 because nobody's up to watch these games and wondering, well, how come nobody really votes for these teams and so forth? Because we none of us really stay up that late to watch these mm. games. Yeah, we yeah. will though for Auburn.
3: All right, Lee. It's prediction time. Give me a score, Alabama-Texas.
2: All right, and this may change tomorrow. That's fine. All right. Uh, It will change tomorrow. It could change tomorrow. We're going to go with 34-24 Alabama. All right. Covering covering the the spread, what, is still seven? So I'm safe to throw everything on the spread? No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't blame me. (laughs) What about you? What do you got on your score?
3: 31 to 20, no, 31 to 17.
2: i oh, see so you. You're, they're covering, Mark. You okay with that covering, or you think it's gonna be closer? It, stink! it stinks. Both of our scores stink. What was your score? I wouldn't even listen. 35. I know you hardly ever do 34 24. 34 24. I went by 10. He's got basically the same thing 11 12. Again, point. I'm
3: really flipping back and forth.
2: Don't do that. Stick with you. I'll tell you what, gun. if Texas
3: wins, it's not gonna be close. If Texas wins, it's because they're better. And oh, they're I, win by
2: oh, I don't now. I don't agree with that at all. If Texas wins, it's going to be very close. Mm. You can't go to Bryant-Denny Stadium and come away with a huge win over Alabama.
3: I don't know. We'll see.
2: Have you ever been to Bryant-Denny? Now, I will tell you this. I did one time years ago, long before <laughs> Saban. You went one time? Where they got blown oh, out. okay, okay. Where okay. they got blown out. <laughs> I've
3: only seen one loss. So. Okay,
2: LSU... We went up there. It was a group of us. We went up there and saw LSU beat Alabama. I believe the score was something like twenty-eight to nothing or twenty-eight to seven. Mm. Now this was before your time, Michael.
3: Yes, I've seen one loss in Bryant Denny Stadium. That was LSU, twenty nineteen.
2: again, if Alabama loses to me, it's going to be like right down to the wire maybe a, a field goal here maybe an overtime but i can't see any way alabama getting blown out at home absolutely no way i don't see them getting blown out in any game this year Damn,
3: i've seen i've seen alabama lose to lsu twice in person now i got to go back to baton rouge next year and exercise my tiger stadium demons I'm all, all right what what, stadium, what, what are we saying is a blowout double digits two touchdowns yeah then when i say blowout that's what I meant.
2: Two touchdowns, more than 10, let's say. More than 10. Okay, and when I consider a blowout, you're out of it in the fourth quarter. Yes. Much like Clemson was late. In the, that's what I look at. That Even though that score looked a lopsided, Clemson still had a chance until that final touchdown. So I'm saying in the last, what, six, seven, eight minutes of a game, you have no chance.
3: Make sure you ask me again tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I'll go Bama by two touchdowns right now. What was you gave
2: a score? What thirty-one to seventeen, right?
3: Yeah. I, I'm believing in this defense. Sounds like Texas is feeling pretty shaky about this offense.
2: Well, line. let's face it; they don't have the running game they had last year, right? They did not have a great passing game, although they beat Rice. So, what is there out there to believe that they will come in and, as you guys were speculating, <laughs> open up a fourteen nothing lead?
3: Well, I think Quinn Ewers is really good, and I think they have three of the best receivers in the country, and that secondary took a hit are, here are there receivers
2: Alabama. worthy of talking about
3: yeah Xavier worthy and jordan whittington and A.D. mitchell yeah they got they got some good players in that receiver room all
1: right tomorrow uh make sure if you're in the uh, area if you're swinging by say hi at Viger. on monday we take our uh, monday morning quarterback to uh bob Baumhauer's victory grill at the shops of bel air so come on by and uh see us there we'll have some details for you tomorrow on that for Mr. Bronner and uh, Alicia Vanian, I'm Mark Heim. That does it for another edition of the opening kickoff. Until tomorrow at 6,
4: see ya.